and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Yeah, this is EP Caitlin cutting in for an important correction. Contrary to popular belief, Bree and Theora don't actually know everything and can make mistakes. This episode was written by Eli, not Ellie. However, Brie and Theora continue using the name Ellie and she, her pronouns throughout this episode. So to recap, in today's recording, the role of Eli Edelson will be played by Ellie Edelson. Edelson? Edelson? We thank you for your understanding. We're back! <laughs> I started to be like, it's episode, and then I forgot the number. <laughs> like, it's, it's episode three. Three! It's episode three. three. It's called Oh Elaine. Oh Elaine. Yeah, I do love the title. Oh Elaine. Oh Elaine. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know what the title was referring to until I realized you get halfway through the episode and then you realize uh, yeah, what the okay. title's referencing. Right. And the way they do titles is weird because like some shows, they'll do like a call to title where a character will say the title of the episode out loud, which like sometimes happens in motherland, but not always. It's more like a comment on one scene, which is, (laughs) I don't even know what to call that. Um, Yeah. So like, you're just like, what did it mean? And like, like you said, you're like, Oh, it's like, it's almost (sighs) like the, the person that's tasked with titling the episode was watching that scene with Elaine, and I was like, "Oh, Elaine!" And I was like, "That's the episode." And that it's was like, it. Yeah, like they it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like audience commentary versus like I don't know. Intern Jerry <laughs> typed that in. That's it. Got it. I'm a genius. Then <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but but oh, it's Elaine written by me. Eli Adelson, directed by Jim Gerard. The minute I saw the name Ellie Edelson. I was like, we're fucked. This is going to be dramatic as fuck. There will be tears. She always writes the drama episodes. Like, always. She loves making us cry. And And we did get that, but we also had some confusion. Oh, yeah. Her episodes also have questions in them where it's like, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Oh, Ellie. Like, that could have been the name of this episode, too. Oh, Ellie. (laughs) I never leave. I left this episode with far m- more questions than I ever. I yeah. don't know, but <clears throat> I guess I guess we could start off the first scene with that was like heavily featured in the trailer for season three, the fugitives um, running from the marshals come upon a cliff with a sheer drop of a gazillion feet yes that is the right term (laughs) (laughs) with no way to really get around it except for either over or like going to one side or the other so they all stop right at the edge of the cliff which seems dangerous but hey whatever (laughs) and so tally's keeping watch with her sight and she says she doesn't see anything but then they hear the whistle and Nick is like, doesn't sound like, <laughs> doesn't sound like nothing. I don't know if Tally can't see the marshals or. That was my thing. Was there 
there were counteracting her sight. I guess maybe. because you see them, you see their whistle revealing work. Maybe it dispels it or yeah. clouds or, tallies. Yeah, that's true. It almost seems to me like some kind of. They mentioned they mentioned later it's a tracking thing, but it's almost like some weird echolocation kind of thing. So, like mm-hmm. you're saying, maybe when it gets shot out, it like yeah, like shields her work or s- somehow something. Who knows? They just seem super powerful. Instead of giving her information, it blocks information. Right. Exactly. Like it, a sight dampener work or something. Exactly. Uh, so Adil picks up a stone and we assume he's going to make a blood compass with it because they're trying to find Kalita. Right. He's like, oh, another stone. Perfect. Remember last yeah, time we had to search everything? It's just right there. It's like, oh, that's convenient. Yes, perfect. Perfect. It's right there. Perfect. It's like destiny. See, in, my, in my mind, he and Abigail have a pet rock collection. And so, like, because he wants a baby so bad that... <laughs> it's the witch version of like a sack of flour or whatever that you have to like care for (laughs) rock babies rock babies babies. this one's jill and this one's i don't know what are good this one's tamson and um (laughs) this one's rocky i know it's on the nose (laughs) but still Love our children. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll like present each new one to Abigail. And she's like, you have lost your damn mind. <laughs> she like throws them off the window. Yeah. And, and he chases. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we my should God, not be parents is our point. <laughs> They're not ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rock babies are fine for now, Adil. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway. <laughs> So Nicta proposes that they make a stand and fight, and Abigail is like, um, nah, bitch, we, we're not here to fight the marshals. That's not, not what we're doing. And Nicta's like, do you have another idea? And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess who's going to save the day? The big witch energy ram's horn to the rescue. To the rescue, who brought the salva. However, there isn't enough for everyone. Because plot reasons. <laughs> because plot reasons. So as a self-sacrificing person, Scylla's like, eh, Nicta and I can fend for ourselves. We know the session. You guys go ahead and take the salva. Little witch babies who have never been out in the wilderness. And, uh, I mean, apart from a deal. I was going to say. But he doesn't seem very t- versed. But it's not like a deal was, like, had to serve, like had like years and years of trying to survive like totally. and, and also it didn't seem like in this environment either because the geographical terrain yeah. is very different than where he was in the terrain so this, those skills don't always translate you know yeah and he seems a little timid about things at times as well totally because yeah so it's it's basically new for everybody in a certain aspect right so Scylla gives them the salva. She and Nicta run off together. And then Adil is pretty dubious about using the salva. She's like, really? This shit's going to make us fly? Like, I don't really trust it. Whatever. So, but that's when the marshals appear and they're like, they're right in their sight. 
And so they take the salva, they jump off the cliff. Um, I think I think Jess may have had a little problem with the wire situation because the angle at which her body I think we mentioned it in the trailer. We definitely the episode did. where we talked about the trailer. But anyway, they get to the bottom safely and they're walking through the woods next to a creek while Adil's trying to make the blood compass and pour Kalita's blood onto the stone and his hands are shaking. So Abigail has to stop, make him stop and then comforts him. And he's just like, I've almost lost her so many times. So Abigail promises they're going to find her. And you know, when Abigail promises a deal, something about Kalita, she's going to pull one of her sisters into this situation. Somehow she did it with rail. <laughs> so now rail's not there. Tally's the one that can help her because of sight. So you, we know what's coming as soon as she's just taken on this whole, we're going to find Kalita thing for herself, like as a, as a mission. But we understand it's Kalita. It's his sister. It's her like sister-in-law pretty much. So of course that's what's going to happen. But he makes a blood compass. Tally keeps watch. And then they find out that Kalita is heading north very fast. Because she's Kalita. She's a super witch. (laughs) Super witch Kalita (laughs) is traveling at the speed of light. At the speed of Kalita. Yeah, so I have two notes on this scene. Number one, the thing in Scylla's hand was Salva all along. Right, I was right that she was sliding something closed. Yes, you were right that it was a kid. Exactly. I gave myself half a point. Yeah, so go back and revisit our spec episode. Brie was right. Um, sort of. Sort of. You said it was a container that she could collapse. So that's kind of what was happening. So you were correct. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which, good job there. Had to point that out. And then I also have to point out the fact that it, the way Adil reacted to the Salva makes me think that that's probably not something they have in the Tarim. Uh, or Tarim. I will never say it correctly. I apologize. So, but, so funny enough. So he's probably never used Salva, like, ever. So this was probably his first time ever. He had a much better landing than Rail did. The first time she did Selva. <laughs> yeah. So good job, Adil. Like, he actually, like, harnessed it and learned it very quickly. So good on you, Adil. That was awesome. Five points to Adil. Five points to Adil. He d- did it end up shaking. in the infirmary. <laughs> yeah, well, he was shaking because of Kalita, not because of the Salva. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. So after the fugitives get split up for plot reasons... We head on over to the White House where there's a pre- there's a presidential briefing going on with Wade. And of our witch ladies, we have Anacostia and Isadora in the not Oval Office. It's just this weird rectangle. <laughs> it throws me off every time. I'm like, I didn't know what to call this office because it's not the Oval Office, but it is whatever. Anyway, uh, they're the executive office, (laughs) the executive office. It's Wade's suite. We'll put it that way. And Isidore and Anacostia are talking to Wade and they're basically like debriefing her on everything that's been going on now that they're like, we can trust Wade. She's not Camarilla. So they're telling her about the Camarilla essentially. And most notably, they're talking about like uh, VP Silver's role because that's like her second in command. 
And they're like, they were basically just, they, they told her like, basically, you know, he killed, he was responsible actually for killing his daughter, you know, the one who's, he's playing up the, oh, my poor, I'm a sad dad. That's why I want to kill the witches who killed my daughter card and making himself look sympathetic and gaining power by doing that. Yeah, he did all of that. He is actually a monster, killed his daughter, and he's been gaining influence because of that. And... Wade's like, what? Are you sure? And they're like, yes, like, yes, that's actually what's happening here. And Isadora scientifically explains why that she knows that because, of course, Isadora had to go do this. So one of her secret missions in the background off screen was that she had to figure out like the decay rate of the plague and trace it all the way back to like, uh, right before Penelope's interview and Hearst like pricked her essentially with the witch plague. So it's almost like a death signature that she followed back. And she's like, that's when it all started. And who was there at that time? It was VP Silver and Albin Hurst. And Wade does the math and she's like, oh, fuck. Okay, so my VP is in the Camarilla and chief of staff. So I guess that's also Albin's position. And she's like, cool, I'm surrounded by this Camarilla scum. So she's like kind of trying to process the fact that like the enemy is like really close to her. And then Anacostia is like, cool, now that we filled you in on this, we need to discuss like what we're going to do because like General Bellwether totally has a plan about this and because it's Petra. And Wade's like, but I'm Wade. So and I'm fuck that. I'm going to do me and I'm just going to go on TV and publicly humiliate this man. I'm going to veto his bigot bill. And then I'm going to place Blanton under criminal investigation <laughs> because he killed his fucking daughter um, and justice. And Isidore and Anacostia are like, no, <laughs> Petra has a plan. Don't just don't <laughs> like, go do that. Down. Don't do that. Now you're getting you're making this personal. And like they're like, listen, like he Blanton is gross. We can all agree. He's disgusting. He's won many Laura Neal Awards because he's disgusting. But yeah, he's not sure. like he's not powerful really. He's just a lackey. Like we're trying to draw out who like the real leaders are because we don't know that yet. And they're more important than the underlings. So like if you go gung ho and just call them out for being the Camarilla basically on public television, that's going to like cause them to slither back into the darkness and we don't know who we're really fighting. And that's a big problem. And Wade's like, uh, thanks, but um, fuck that. This is my cabinet member. It's personal. They betrayed me. Justice, justice. I like a good fight, which that's why I like Wade for her smug way she delivered that line. We love you, girl. And... Um, Anacostia and Isidore are like, cool, we're not going to win this argument because <laughs> you're the president and you're our boss, technically. So we're going to go back to Fort Salem and tell Petra how horribly this went. And so they, they um, try to go because now they have to, like, secure Wade while she, like, outs the president, the, her VP. And um, they try to go. And then a government assistant, her Wade's, like, personal assistant, the person who runs the White House, comes in and is like, listen, Pauline from the Council of the Great Rivers, she's here to talk about that fuck up at the chemical plant in the session. And Wade's size. So, like, I don't think she really likes this woman. And she's like, God damn it. Um, fine. All right. Bring her in. You guys leave, basically. And Isadora and Anacostia try to leave. And... Anacostia doesn't get super far before Wade's like, mm, Captain Quartermain, you're probably going to want to hear this because this is intelligence that's not good. So I'm going to need your help. So that's where we're at. So Isadora goes back to do Isadora things. 
off at Fort Salem, and then Anacostia and Wade are going to meet Pauline from the Great River Council. Um, did you have anything about this scene? I have a couple things. Uh, the, no, all my, like, observations are pretty much in the next part, uh, the continuance of that scene, so... Cool, cool, cool. All right. I just have a couple of things. Um, the name, the Council of the Great River, I assume they're talking about the Mississippi River because that's what like divides the session, basically. Yeah. Just observation there. And then I want to talk about the details in Wade's office because it's actually pretty cool. Um, it's not the Oval Office. Obviously, we've talked about that, which doesn't matter. But like on the mantle, because like the angle you get is like kind of like behind Wade's desks to when you're viewing like Isadora and Anacostia. And you can like see the mantle that like is facing Wade's desk. And there's, like, a crow statue on there, which is really interesting, because, like, American symbolism is usually, like, eagles, which we stole from the Romans. But they have, like, a crow, which is almost like a witch symbol, which is pretty cool. So there's, like, witch stuff in the president's office, which shows how, like, the government and the witches were kind of intertwined. And that's, like, back to Sarah Alder, obviously. And the portrait over her mantle, like, instead of, like, George Washington or, like, whatever it's this woman that almost looks like emily dickinson in a way and i was wondering if like maybe was this the first president or like a former president who's a woman like above the mantle i don't know i just thought that was really cool there's no portraits of women in the american president's office now so okay one last thing before we move on from this presidential wade scene and that is what was Isadora doing off screen? So, all, Ooh, yes. Here we go. Yes. Oh, so also in this scene, fun little detail. When you get a, cl- well, kind of, you get a close up ish of Isadora when she's explaining how she discovered the witch plague stuff and Penelope's death. She has this little mushroom like boutonniere thing on her uniform. It's the cutest thing ever. It's a little mushroom. And so I was like, it, it can't be like a medal or anything because it's not on like a sash. I was like, what is that? It's clearly something decorative she puts on her uniform. And now, okay, how did it get there? So what is Isadora the type of person who would go out and buy herself like a mushroom brooch and put it on her uniform? Sure. She 100% would be that person. But I like to think that all of her necrominions got it for her as just a thank you for just like being the keeper of the mycelium, the fixer of literally every problem that comes into Fort Salem. And it's just like a mushroom of appreciation for Isadora to like wear on her <laughs> uniform. So I love it. That is cute. Yeah. So I think off screen, because we've never seen her wear it before. I think the Necro minions got it for her. They're like, girl, you've been doing like 10 experiments a day and kicking ass and taking names from the Necros. We love you. The Necro Award from all your students. From all her students. I like so she that. wears her mushroom with pride. There we go. So that's what Isadora's, Isadora's doing. Isadora's mushroom. Isadora's mushroom Receiving of appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> A new award. <clears throat> new award. Well, we're going to go on to the bus ride from hell. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. yeah. So the next thing takes us to a bus stop and we see a bus. Sure. We see the bus outside and we see we're at a gas station. <laughs> I'm sorry. This description is so funny. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Because it's, it's like, just like 
It's a transition scene. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're the like, so good. here we are at the bus stop. At the bus stop. There's the bus. Okay. <laughs> There's the bus. It's Great Plains bus lines. And we're I at love- the travel stop gas station. <laughs> okay. Okay. The way they keep naming everything in the session, it's like, we get it. You love nature. Like, we get it. Um, I just think it's so spot on. It's the Great Plains bus line. We're somewhere in the f- middle of the Great Plains and travel stop. It's where you stop when you're traveling. Right. Gas station. <laughs> so literal. <laughs> the Great River counts. Everything's so, so literal. From a dill and his rock babies. Yes. <laughs> that's where they got it from. It's old Tarim culture that's seeped in here. I guess. And so I we've guess. got some american flags there which was interesting to me that was interesting alongside a black uh, like a flag that has like a black red yellow and white circle mm-hmm. like it's blocked in these colors and then in the middle i couldn't tell what the hell it was i even i like screen capped it and zoomed in and i still couldn't tell because it was too pixelated when you zoomed in because i didn't have a close enough shot of it but the only thing I could come could come up with is that it kind of looked like a lizard or something. Oh no! Which are wouldn't they, track really. Are they lizard people in the session? <laughs> oh no! I don't know, but I hope not. Oh, um, I hope not. Okay, so you think this is the session flag or the like Great maybe Plains flag? Session flag, Great Rivers flag. I don't know. Whatever yeah, it is, interesting. it's interesting, and I want a better shot of it. So hopefully later, maybe we'll get a better shot of it somewhere i hope so thoughts and prayers that it isn't a lizard (laughs) because everything else in in this scene visually if you're looking at animals is a buffalo which makes sense and based on where where they are lizards don't live there so it doesn't make sense so it doesn't make sense but it's definitely green whatever it is Hmm, interesting um the sign below the flag says Tanya Yapi? Yaipi? Yaipi. Which I'm guessing is the name of the town, perhaps? Hmm. Maybe. But it's definitely in the language, the local native language. So. I love that. I murdered it. There you go. Yeah, we're sorry. Sorry. Uh, We get a shot of Nikta and Scylla walking up. From behind, like, from behind the bus, and there's a family that is stopped at the travel stop. Because <laughs> they're going to travel. Because <laughs> they're traveling with their minivan, and it's two daughters, I guess, and two parents. And Nikta suggests that they take the faces of the daughters and keep the parents to drive them. So she's like, let's, she like, let's kill the daughters and then use the parents. Or just because like, Scylla's like, put them no more civilians, Nikta. <laughs> I'm like, Nikta, really murder this early in the morning of children. <laughs> She's been trying to murder this whole episode. She's like, let's fight the marshals. And they're like, no, Nikta, you can't fight the fucking marshals. Yeah, girl, Nikta, don't fight the fucking marshals. No. And then trying to like murder these two young girls so they can use their use the, their faces to travel. Nick literally tells Scylla that she needs to get Rael's voice out of her head. Like, no, she doesn't. 
you just need to stop wanting to murder people. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't know that that was Rael's voice no, or like law enforcement or decency. I don't know, Nick. I think it was it was pretty much. I'd rather not kill children. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, Nicta's projecting because Nicta wants love and doesn't have love. That's what this is. So she wants to kill children? <laughs> right. So she went, no. <laughs> I think she's like, she's like, you got real yeah. weird now that you're in a couple. You don't want to just do whatever. You Fine. don't want to just murder people willy-nilly? I mean, listen, listen Scylla, yeah. <laughs> Scylla was down to murder when it was for the cause, and they Correct. were, and it was like a performative, like a, she was performing an act yeah, that totally. was making a point. She's Correct. not for killing children just to get, like, a free travel in a minivan. Right, for, like, <laughs> survival purposes. And it's just like, whatever, they don't matter. <laughs> Yeah, like, girl, like, what? For all you know, they're witches. Right, no, totally. Yeah, exactly. I This was okay. A lot of Nick's so stuff strange. in this episode was weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why she jumped to murdering children, but here we are. Yeah, the rail voice thing, I think that's her projecting her own bullshit. That's her projecting. Scylla. That has nothing yeah. to do with Scylla. So I was like, "What?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like how Scylla pretty much ignores any time Nicta uses Rael to call Scylla weak until we get to this episode. Yeah, this episode too, like their scenes are weird because it's almost like when they're talking, neither of them are listening to each other. They're just like saying words and no one's listening because they like ignore each other like and just keep talking. It's weird I wonder though if it if it isn't that we haven't seen them alone. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I think aside from when they're fighting and they have like a common goal, like they're good when they have mm-hmm. a common goal. Now the common goal is like don't die, but they're disagreeing on the method of like escaping and not dying. But they're not communicating with each other. They're just like talking at each other. Like listen to the dialogue. It's weird. I don't think Scylla is so used to dealing with someone who has ideas that are i think they have vastly different ways of approaching totally situations and so it's it's coming in on they're fundamentally different women who both were super super independent for most of their lives Bingo. and therefore they're not going to communicate as well totally because no one in the in this dynamic is used to receiving information from someone like themselves they're too alike in some ways yeah 100 percent. i was wondering if it's also like at least from nicta's point of view like when's the last time nicta took orders from anybody like 30 30 years right and like you could argue that scylla doesn't like to take orders but like she was a spree minion for a while so like she kind of had to but yeah, I think your point makes a lot more sense. There, It's like when you're with somebody you're really similar to, you just butt heads. That's just what happens. Yeah. But like, they're not even like butting heads. It's like really weird. It's like they're not, they're just not communicating with each other. Like, yeah. there's no listening happening. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. They're not on the same page here at all. They're not. They're on like the very whole different pages. And, and I think part of it is also the fact that although their goal is survival, Scylla's goal is also contact rail, period, end of sentence. Correct. That's it. Right. 
Yeah, correct. So she's she's kind of focused on I'm going to get away. And then uh, once I can stop, I'm going to contact rail. Correct. Doesn't matter. That's her goal, period. And Nikta keeps saying things like get rail or get rail out of your head. And it's like. She's not going to listen. She's not going to listen to that. It's like fundamentally going to make her shut down her listening spaces. Correct. Yeah, exactly. This is not going to end well. No, it's it makes me mad because like I wanted them to work together, but like not like this. Well, they're not working together. That's the right. Problem. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. but Ellie, I didn't ask for this. Ellie, <laughs> do not listen to our podcast. Anyway, sorry. Makes so, Scylla says, "Let's just get on the bus. I need to get somewhere safe so I can contact Riel." And Nick is like, well, if she doesn't answer, so I was like, oh, she will. If she knows what's good for her, into that <laughs> sentence in her head. <laughs> <laughs> I will go down into the mycelium myself. <laughs> yeah, I will go down in that mycelium. I watched Rail do it. <laughs> you know, she's trying to work that shit out in her head. Let's be real. Yeah. Let's be real. She's yeah. like, how can I kill myself but not kill myself and get into the mycelium? Right. So this is when it gets real weird <laughs> for me. Right. It keeps getting weirder. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> why, Ellie? Ellie, why? Why? There are so many directions you could have gone with this, girl. This is where we're going? Ellie was like, somewhere Ellie's chuckling right now. <laughs> about this so the faces that they that they use are two in nondescript white dudes that you could probably find in a bar in new jersey i don't know that's just the vibe i got from them but Accurate. the thing that's really getting to me is the fact that the one nondescript white dude that Scylla's, fa- that Scylla's using the face of is in her clothes and it's throwing me off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That's why like picking that face was so dumb. I was like, girl, it doesn't change your clothes <laughs> and make this, you look no, any less suspicious. That man. Right. No, they don't fit that man. Right, no, fit so that man. <laughs> I know. That's why it's so <laughs> dumb. It's going to <laughs> okay, my one note for this scene is no one has the brain cell because Scylla didn't think <laughs> that through. <laughs> like, why? Like, yeah. why? Like, Nick does kind of works a little bit with her dude, but like, yeah, Scylla, it doesn't change the outfit. <laughs> like, pick the wrong body type. Like, everything was wrong about that. It was just, just it makes you look more suspicious. <laughs> I guess she's just like. I don't want to be as different from myself as possible. And this is the face that I have. This is different that no one's seen. Right. But it's just because exactly because she doesn't have her brain cells. So all she thought of was this face is different and didn't think of anything else that was going on. Just the face. Can you at least like like, take the necklace off, button the jacket up? I don't know. Yes. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like camouflage the body that doesn't fit in those clothes anymore. Yeah. It just just meant to be funny. That's what I'm assuming. And it was. Uh, it but was, for people but trying to evade capture by these marshals that are It doesn't are make any goddamn sense. <laughs> it doesn't make, yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. <laughs> I was taken out of the experience by that choice. That, the entire bus scene after that, I can't. 
Right. Like when they step on the bus and they're like, we're going to need two tickets to the border. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I can't with the same. I know. No. Can I have a refund? Right. Can I unsee this? Because it really bothers me what happens with the two of them, like these choices, because they're the smartest ones there. And it's like, yeah, all why are the people, you making them dumb as fuck? Why are you making them dumb as fuck? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what this, their scenes together going forward make me really upset because of all the characters, they wouldn't make these choices. Like, it's almost like they lost their brain cell, forgot who they were, except like, they remembered frat. It's like they got amnesia all of a sudden and then remembered pieces from their past life. Like, oh, yeah, I should pick a different face, but like forgot everything else. And they just do weird stuff that's like not in their it's not totally in their character. So it's like it's reads really weird for me. That's all for the they both have of one them. moment of brilliance in this entire thing with them together. And then after that, it's or. before and after that. I'm like, I don't yeah. understand what force we're in. We're lost. Right. Anyway, yeah. If, yeah. All of that. This is the one time I'm happy to go back to President Wade. Yeah, I know. This is the one time I'm happy to leave Scylla and Nicta and go yeah, somewhere else. Like, Ellie, you did this. You made us happy to leave our girls. Listen, I knew we were going to get upset during this episode, so I purposely picked this koozie that says keep calm, <laughs> keep calm. and be gay <laughs> because we need to remind ourselves <laughs> this isn't normal. Worst part's going to happen, though. I know. Well, just try. Just try. I wore my science is not a liberal conspiracy shirt, <laughs> so I don't know what that says. That's for Isadora. For her mushroom award. Yes, it is. I wish there was she a mushroom on the shirt. shirt. <gasps> mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. It would be. All right. Thank you. Thank you for those happy, the happy science feels. Okay. We will go back to the not-so-oval office where Pauline is now here from the Great River Council to talk to Wade. And they, uh, Wade, like, goes immediately into, like, diplomat mode and, like, greets her in the native language. I think it was, ju- oh, I'm going to butcher it. I won't say it out of respect, but basically greets them in their, uh, greets her in their indigenous language, which I think it's the same language from like the, I think it's season two where Petra was on the, no, season two when they were in the session and there's like news TV when Rail's in the diner with Mm -hmm. her dad. I think that's the same language. So it must be like the common language in the session, I think, or like the dominant language. I'm sure there's multiple. But anyway, so Wade knows to greet her. And then Pauline's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember our customs. She immediately takes a seat. Like she's been there plenty of times and owns the place. And she's like, let's talk about this chemical plant attack in the session. Because like, what the fuck? Why was the bellwether unit there? So immediately she's just like showing her hand. Like, I know exactly what's going on. I need answers now. Wade, these are your people. And Wade's like, uh, you got proof that it was the Bellwether unit? Because I have been looking for them. And if I knew, I would have caught them. Obviously, Pauline. And Pauline's like, listen, we had security footage. It was dark, but like, I talked to your VP and he was real sure that it was them. And he offered us all kinds of assistance to bring them to justice because this is super personal to him. They killed his daughter. And so Kelly, again, has to is more confirmation to her to like, cool, not only is my VP in the Camarilla, but he's actively like going behind my back and like doing stuff. So I think this like puts the real like danger of, of Silver like into perspective for Wade, like the stuff that he's been doing. And she's like, cool, he offered to help you. How about I offer to help you? Because I'm his boss. I have more power than him. 
And I also have this Mitch Witch military. How about I send them in there? Give us access. Like, they'll go in the session and get them out and then take them off your hands. Those troublemakers that ruined your plant. And the minute that part is brought up, like, American army coming into the session, like, sounds like an invasion. And she's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Because... It seems like Session, from everything we know in this conversation, like the Session likes to keep the Session business to themselves. They like to keep America out of the Session as much as they possibly can. And she's like, besides all of that, like political stuff, I'm personally really curious what the Bellwether unit has to say about this whole thing. Which, Anacostia cuts in and she's like, that's a national security issue. Like, no, we have to, we have to debrief them first because America... And Wade's like, okay, before this gets out of hand, she like turns on the political charm and basically insinuates in like this friendly but threatening way. Like, listen, you should take me up on my offer to let me help. Because if you don't, basically I'm going to use my political influence to cause issues between the United States and the session if you don't cooperate. So like trade embargoes and make things run less smoothly than they are now. Because remember, you're trapped in between my entire country. So play nice with me. And so after that, Pauline switches tactics and seems a little bit more like pro-America. And she's like, listen, I get that we're good friends. Not everyone on the Great River Council thinks that, but I do because she knows how to play the politics game. And she's like, but hard pass on the army. We don't need them. Because we have the marshals and the marshals are searching for the bellwether unit. And basically, like, they're better than your army. They'll find them. I don't need your army. And it, and what I think is really cute is during this whole thing when she's, like, defending uh, or saying, we got this session. The session marshals are going to find her. Anacostia jumps in and she's like, listen, the bellwether unit are the most formidable witches I've ever come across. Which is, like, what a proud, like, Mama Costia moment. Like, Listen, the Bellwether unit can't hear this. Like, so she genuinely like believes that like they're a force to be reckoned with. So I love that. Like love for Mama Costi, even though like the unit's not there. That was cute. That was cute. Um, so my notes on this scene has to do with my read of it was that Pauline came in with the intent to kind of poke around at Wade and see what she could get for basically giving her the information that silver has gone behind her back, mm-hmm. but she kind of underestimated Wade's prowess or th- yeah. <laughs> willingness to threaten her. And so yep. I feel like it was almost like Pauline was poking around to see if she could get anything out of this situation and then kind of had to retreat back when it was clear that Wade was not going to, like Wade was going to take the the threat route rather than the here's some nice things for you route. Do you think so Pauline's that, conspiring with Blanton? No, I just think Pauline is out for Pauline and maybe the Great River Council totally. and was thinking if I give her this information and tell her that that Silver's like trying to get in behind, in the session government behind her back Maybe she'll give us something, I you know, see. positive for our giving that information or she'll feel threatened that we're going to take Silver up on that offer and try to win us over with like good things like the I politics see. do. 
Yeah, so she was trying to use it as like a political chess piece to get one over. Yes, a political chess piece to get whatever she wanted. That makes sense. Or whatever the council wants. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah, but like Wade was like, listen, I'm Wade. Remember. I'm Wade. I'm I'm Wade. You don't want to fuck with me. I may not be a witch, but I've got big witch energy, so. (laughs) I like a challenge. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I like that read. That's a good read. So my other thing to comment on here is Anacostia is not good at politics. She's good at intelligence. Correct. Kelly, on the other hand, is amazing at it and has like beautifully veiled threats and promises. You gotta love the way she just maneuvered that whole thing. She like greets her in her language, like, hey, Mm -hmm. friend. And then she's like, I will burn the session if you don't do what I tell you. (laughs) If you don't let me help you. (laughs) It is beautiful. Oh, so good. Yeah, she's awesome. I love Wade. You don't want to be on her bad side. No, of course not. There's a reason that she's the president. Fuck yeah. Um, four, four more years. Oh yeah, those are four more years. Four more years. That's my. That's those are my comments on that scene. I love it. <sighs> Do we have I to? Know. I know. <laughs> I know. I just it keeps getting it keeps getting worse. I I Ellie, you're you might get the Laura Neal Award, Ellie, <laughs> for <laughs> this fuckery. Back to the bus ride from hell. <sighs> mm-hmm. So the bus is. The bus, I guess the bus driver announces that they're approaching the U.S.-Dakota border in 20 minutes. But uh, shortly after that, like in the next second, the bus stops. <laughs> so, Literally, they're like, we're almost there. Oh, wait, we got to stop. <laughs> it's not, this is not 20 minutes. <laughs> I know. But also, like, it kind of tells us where they are geographically. So they're like the yes, north part of, like, America somewhere. Yes. Yeah. So, it's cold. Uh, so the marshal, the main marshal, comes on the bus and apologizes for the inconvenience of having to stop the bus. Um, so he's walking along the aisles and Nikta tells Stella to stay calm and she does not. Stay calm. She's getting Stella. super... Read it, Stella. Stella. Seriously. Stay calm. She's getting more and more nervous in her dude skin by the second. <laughs> Looking even more suspicious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Girl. it's not like Nikta was doing like a better, like a super better job over there. She was more hidden but... in the seat. That was what she had yeah. going for her versus Silas in the aisle, all exposed. Yeah. With her tiny, tiny necklace and her giant man neck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so oh. disturbing to me. It's so, just a bad choice, Silla. I want to know, he literally fit into her clothes, or did they have to get him other clothes? I would love to know I, the answer to that question. question. into her clothes. No. He We've was seen too how broad. tiny a mom is. I know. They had, to get, they had to buy two of those jackets. Those are expensive jackets. Yeah, there's no way he could have fit in her jacket, yeah. That jacket it's, is real leather. Yeah, it's a fucking nice jacket. Anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> apart from the clothing, the marshal sees them right away and recognizes that there's work at hand. Yeah, he does his little whistles whistle, or he says, "How how did how you do, ladies?" And then he whistles and dispels their faces. They go back to their original faces, 
And of course, to escape, Silhouette strikes the window. They jump out and run. The marshal walks up, sticks his head out the window, and just smiles. He's like the he's so having so much fun. This is like his vacation for the year or something. I don't know. It's like he's on safari. He's like, you're just prolonging the inevitable, ladies. Right. Thank you, E.P. Caitlin. He could have literally just grabbed them in that Anyway, there's so many gauchries in this whole Solenicta stuff. I I honestly think he's just enjoying chasing them. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's like, I got nothing else to do. It's a sport for him. Right. Okay. But I have. Well, a qu- yeah, but he's done that so many times, though. He's come no, upon with he, you. They could have captured them 93 times. And he but no, he just lets them go because he likes chasing them. Sorry, I was just yeah. responding to Caitlin. Oh, no, no. no. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Oh, then I saw AP Caitlin. AP Caitlin is not over the fact that he could have grabbed them in this bus and he didn't, which is a valid thing to point out. I have one more thing about this scene that I need an answer to. Okay. What we've know- learned so far about the marshals, or at least this whistling stuff, it's like the most powerful magic we've seen so far for like negating other magic. So like the idea is that when he whistles, it negates all work, right? That's the premise. Right. It, right. Why the fuck when he gets into this bus, he does the whistle work to get rid of the face changing shit. Why do we not see Arlen? When this happens. Because it only removes one layer of magic. Is that or what it is? Work. So if they That's had double theory. if they had double faces on, then it wouldn't have like I just It should have gone to Arlen's face. So like I have two things. Either yes, either it's like only one layer of magic. So it's not the super undoing of magic type of thing. So like if you have two faces on, maybe just the first face. The other thing is, like, is Nicta so powerful that, like, she can somewhat withstand this work with her work? I, get, I don't know, but it's just if 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 we're going it by it dispels all work, then it would have gone to her ruined face. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, shouldn't we oh, have seen like, saying, like the young Arlen? No, 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 Nicta. no. I mean, like, shouldn't we have seen what Tally saw when Arlen's like, this is my face, like. I'm Why guessing that, that it was just for p- plot purposes. And, yeah. And, a, mm. But my only working theory is that it only gets rid of one layer of work. It's my only theory. Uh, and that's a valid theory. You're going to need to explain the session work, Elliot, because it's not mathing right now. Add it to the list, the the list that's longer than, the list that could stretch around the world five times. Caitlin, add us to our question list, please. That's true. It just just confused me, because I'm like, well, what is the truth? What is her face? Because, but anyway. Your theory, it makes sense. So... We'll I want to know how many faces upon faces upon faces Nicta wears on a regular basis. That is the other question. Like, does he have to keep doing the work and, like, it just keeps going, like, one face to another face to another face till you mm-hmm. finally get to, like, Nicta's real face? Yeah. He's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Goddamn. 
<laughs> what is your real face? Who are you? <laughs> do you even anyway. have a face? Anyway, do you even have a face? <laughs> she doesn't. It's just like a blur. <laughs> just a void. It's just a void. Yeah. He's like, oh, never mind. Put it back. Put it back. <laughs> I'll never whistle again. <laughs> oh, it's whistle, one whistle. <laughs> She's like wearing his face at one point. Oh man, <laughs> that's meta, <laughs> dude. That'd be so freaky. If you're like, oh, oh shit, that would be so freaky. It would make sense in this episode where nothing makes sense. Right. Now is the time to do that fuckery for like you had Scylla in the weird man body with the shirt that's too tight. Like could Nick did not have had the Marshall space. Like, come on. Anyway. God, I'm, st- I'm still disturbed just, by that that freaking it, dude Scylla turns into. The necklace is super disturbing too, because it obviously doesn't mm-hmm. fit. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Yeah. That's it's the just, 18 inch chain on on Amalia is right? perfectly sized. It's like and a you put choker. It on this guy and it's a choker. <laughs> <laughs> Did I you know. go to Hot Topic, sir? I don't. <laughs> yeah, for that bird feather. Jesus, Claire's having a snail. <laughs> he looks like he got back from Claire's. You're so right. We need to laugh because. There's pain on this episode. <laughs> so much pain. There's so this is us keeping calm. Okay. With pain and fury, fuck you, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Alright, we're gonna use that motto for the rest of this episode. With pain and fury, yes. let's move forward. Okay, pain so fury, that's us. <laughs> that's our tagline. That's our tagline. <laughs> All right, so we're going to cut away from the Dakota border to another part of the session where Adil, Abigail, and Tally are, like, emerging from their time in the woods, and they come up to, like, an un... <laughs> they come up to an unkept... You sounded funny, I'm sorry. I'm in the woods like they were banished. <laughs> well, they emerge like creatures. They're like, whoa, where are we? Is that a road? <laughs> and they got separated and they've been out there for way too long and they're like the fuck are we but apparently Adil remembers a bunch of stuff from where they passed so (laughs) that can't be what happened (laughs) it keeps getting weirder so they emerge from the woods they're at this very unkept looking bus stop it's got like vines growing on it so like they're really coming out of the woods, and there's a street now. And Adil's like, cool, civilization, and starts, like, marching into whatever this town is. Because he's just, like, freaking out. Because Kalita's moving real fast, they're not moving fast enough, and he's just like, what if the marshals have her? What if the Camarilla has her? He's freaking out. So he's, like, on Scylla's level, but worse right now, of just, like, I need to get Kalita Nothing else logic is he lost his brain cell. He's just thinking about Kalita. So Abigail has her brain cell and she's like, listen, you need to stop um, because we're fugitives. There's people, a town. What if we get captured? Then we can't help Kalita. So it's like what Nick just says, Nick just says later, like you can't help her if we're captured. So let's take a second and let's use Tally um, because she can look into the future. Because apparently, according to Abigail, 
It's not, it's really dirty to use Nikta's version of work unless it's in the service of something Abigail wants, like helping Kalita. So now she's like, hey, spree work's totally fine now. Please use it to get Kalita. Because Abigail doesn't make any goddamn sense. <clears throat> Whatever. Anyway. And Tally has her brain cell too. And she points out right now, she's like, listen, this shit is dangerous. Like Nikta told me, Nikta showed me what happens if this goes awry. This is dangerous. I don't think I should use this right now. Like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Um, because I don't want what happened to Nikta to happen to me, which she doesn't say out loud, but that image is obviously in her mind. And Abigail's being Abigail, and she's like, listen, Tally, please do it, because I said so. And Tally, being Tally, is like, fine, I'll do it, because I love you. And so Tally basically harnesses her powers real fast to, like, look far enough in the future to find the moment where they find Kalita, and basically communicates out loud what she's seeing to Abigail and Adele. And she's like, we walk into this place called Two Rivers Roadhouse where there's a bar. For some reason, your sister's there. Um, And then Adele hears the name Two Rivers and he's like, cool, we passed that. Let's go. (laughs) Because apparently he's good at navigating one of those areas and they go towards Two Rivers. Yeah. Listen. Listen. I don't like it. It's once again, Abigail, like, hey, I have this. Yeah, I have this point I'm going to stand on. And then when I need something, the point disappears. Oh, how freaking like the right person's never there to point that out to her either. Thank you. And also, I love how she just dismisses Tally, who's Tally's like, this is dangerous. And Abigail's like, I don't give a fuck about you. Find Kalita. It's just like, Abigail, like. She ignores everything except her own need to help Adil. Yes, because it serves Abigail. Yeah. Right. It's just. And then she's. Because, like, in the last, what was the last episode, episode before, where she was, like, basically getting mad at Rael for, like, caring about somebody else more than the unit. And, like, here's Abigail ignoring her unit mates, like, safety warning. It's, like, Abigail, like, do you or do you not care about your unit? Like, make up your mind. Do you know what is coming? Like, do you remember what happened in the recent past? Like, I I feel like she just... Right. Whenever anything comes up that she needs, she forgets, conveniently forgets everything that has happened before, everything that she said, every principle she stood on. Yeah, it's weird. She just switches lanes so quickly that it's disconcerting. Totally. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, so it's... The only thing that, like, the only thing, argument in my head that I can come up with that someone might do to ha- use to defend her is like she's worried about her sister-in-law slash Adil worrying about this and she needs to fix it. And I'm like, yeah, but she just got on to somebody, to Raelle, like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any... It's st- the, That read of it doesn't make sense. It Okay, yeah. that read of it, makes her a worse person <laughs> thank you opinion. that actually makes her worse yeah, do you, it's like what it's the meme from the good place where it's like that's worse you do see how that's worse right because yeah, that's worse exactly 
Your, your read of Abigail is that Abigail is completely selfish. That's what that read is. Because Abigail cares about you if you're serving Abigail. But when you stop, like, she just threw Tally under the bus. Like, she just did it. After it's like, oh, we're not so unit unity right now or whatever. And she was all mad about that and throwing rail under the bus for, like, dreaming. Not even actively doing it. Dreaming about, like, running away with Scylla one day. And it's all like, we're not a unit anymore. And like, here's her unit mate being like, if I do this, it's, I I could, something bad could happen to me. And Abigail's like, just do it because we need to find Kalita for me. Where's your unit? You're just, you're not listening to Tally. Like, it's just, where's everybody's brain cell? It hurts. It does hurt. It's like, Abigail, what happened? I thought you guys, I feel like, like, Abigail made so much progress and then she's taking... She's taking 30,000 leaps backwards. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, this is nothing against Abigail, the character. It's just exactly what you said. It's almost like she's regressing for some reason, and I don't understand why. Because didn't they have a month to bond? Why Why are we here? Why are we here? How is this growth? It's like she's regressing for some reason. I guess the only the only thing I could think is that they've been in this she's been in the situation that's very uncomfortable for her and she's having to deal with which but then again it just smacks of privilege. Yes. Because she's there getting mad at Rael for fucking being in love with the woman that she wants to spend the rest of her life with. Because let's fucking face it, if it came down like I said before, if it came down to her choosing a dill or her unit Unfortunately, I do not think she, I don't know what kind of chance Abigail's going to choose Abigail. Yes, that's what it is. Exactly. Because this, this is the scenario. This is her choosing Adil or, or the, the choice right now is like Adil and his sister versus Tally, aka the unit. Yes. And Abigail's picking the choice that's best for Abigail, which is like to get Kalita, to make him happy, to make her happy. It just comes back to, it's always for her own self-interest. And it's just like. Because her choosing the unit and going that way would, for previous things or getting mad at Rael for not choosing the unit was for Abigail too. Yes. So I guess she really hasn't changed. <laughs> I guess. I know, it's just very frustrating that we're still here. <laughs> Come on, Abigail. You could do it, girl. Man. I can't believe we're at a point where I'm so much I started out this series not really sure about Petra and being like okay Abigail's getting better and now I'm like I fucking love Petra to death and Abigail I want punch in the face all the time Abigail when this is over you need to spend like a solid year with just your mom and just yeah. do learn everything about her and just be Petra just she figured it all out, girl. She's a shining beacon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hope she uh, surprised me. Me too. I am hoping something happens and she really learns like what empathy is and like what actually loving people is. Cause like I still don't think Abigail gets what that means. I think she knows how to love Abigail and show affection to get love for Abigail. But I'm like, do you really like care about these people? Or are you still like doing self-serving things like by using these people? Cause it, 
still reads that way. And it's like, I really want you to get past that and just grow when it comes to that. But it doesn't read like it's that's really happening. I'm trying to think back of any selfless acts that I've, we've seen Abigail do. I mean, the if you can read it that way, the witch bomb with Rael at the end of season one, where she held on to her and linked. Yeah. yeah. There was that. There was that. That <laughs> was the moment later. where I was like, okay, Abigail's getting, Abigail really is, and then... But it seems and then like, she got jealous because she wasn't a part of the witch bomb. That's what I'm, yes. That's what I mean. It's almost ah! like it's like, it's not permanent with Abigail. It's almost like she has to really be feeling it. And then like, you could do something to piss her off. And she's like, I'm not going to link with you. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's fickle almost. Like, it's almost like it's not real. Like, or lasting with her. It's weird. That's why like, your question of when she pick a deal. Yeah, it's situational. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because here we are with the situation, and she's like, it's always the unit first. And like, here's the unit versus Adil. And she's like, hmm, no, Abby, no, Tally, I'm going to need you to possibly harm yourself for the. Yeah, it, it's situational. It's just up to. And again, it comes back to what Abigail wants in that moment. It's frustrating. Ah. That's not what good leaders do, is what I'm. Is like, Mm-mm. yeah. Petra would never, is all I'm saying. Abigail hasn't saved their asses once this entire time. Who's been saving their asses this whole time? <laughs> Who? Hubri, remind the audience. <laughs> Sell a big witch energy ram's horn. <laughs> and getting no respect. No. None. It's... I think... I want to, <laughs> I really want to attribute all this dumbassery that she does in this episode to just being so fed up with, with not getting respect that she goes bananas. You know what? I'll take that as part of the read. <laughs> you know what? I'll no. take it. I'll take it. In truth. Because in truth. she's not, she's not getting what she wants right now. Honestly, Scylla, like emotionally so she's got a lot of emotions that she hasn't she can't really deal with yeah i think that's part of it and she's being disrespected i'll take that and she just because it takes a lot for Scylla to like lose it so (laughs) perhaps that started it you know and then now the unthinkable is happening you know so so the whole time she's just been trying and even like rael was disrespecting her when they were in episode one rael Arr! Taylor, how could you? I can't believe it. <laughs> how could you? Could you, girl? Oh my gosh! I know. Uh, I know. Uh, I hate that I just remembered that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. All of that to avoid talking about this next. I thing. was literally. <laughs> I'm like, we are super stalling because of this next scene. <laughs> I have to say the word Albie. <laughs> Albie, it makes me want to punch her more i know Kara is so creepy she's more creepy than albin thank you i have yes i have thoughts about her in the scene it's really creepy she's like weirdly his creepy sister slash mother and i'm not understanding why we're in the bates motel right now (laughs) 
Ellie, why are we here, Ellie? That was my thought this whole season. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, why are we here? Why is this happening? Why? Why is this happening to me? Why do I have to see this? You're so right. No, the yeah, the read of this is like, yeah, daughter, mother. Like, what is this relationship? It's so weird. It changes each time she speaks. And yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm just grossed out the whole time. It's me so weird. Too. It's so reading weird. like some kind of strange. I don't want to say that. Like cold. Oh god. It's so weird. It's almost like they're one from one of those societies that's like closed off from the world, and they don't talk to people from the outside. And it's like yeah. she's fulfilling multiple roles, like cult leader, mom, daughter, wife. And you're but like, some of them are what even is creepier. This? Yes. The affection that she shows them is so creepy. It's everything is creepy and everything like pivots every like you said, like every every time she says something, she pivots like 90 degrees and you're just like, I don't I have whiplash at the end of the scene. I don't want to know anything they ever got up to in previous. Never. never. never I never want the flashbacks. Never send us the fan fiction. I will burn it. No. (laughs) I'll burn my computer. I will throw my (laughs) computer off the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't want to see it. (laughs) <laughs> no thank you no um so alvin gets back to his office and car is waiting for him with her feet up on his desk and first of all she calls him albie it's disturbing i don't like it can i get out of here i'll even go back to scylla as a weird dude at this point <laughs> right that made this that was normal <laughs> that made more sense I'm so with you. Uh, I wish he was. I wish Scylla as that dude was in this office. It'd make me feel better. (laughs) There's one. There's one. The only good thing that came out of this scene is that I was live tweeting from the um, from the podcast Twitter account. And I as soon as this scene happened, I said, I am so uncomfy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that tweet. And like, I was like, okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> oh, I mean, she was watching this episode for the first time, too, and was like, yes, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> oh, every time. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. But yeah, that is the best definition of this whole scene. Uncomfy. <laughs> So I would do want to note some things about Albie's office. Yes, please do. It's very clinical, like white and gray or white and silver, I should say. Anatomy posters, the walls are white. You see a coat rack, like an old school coat rack with an overcoat and his white lab coat. Behind, like behind the desk, you see his degrees. So he's a real doctor. We don't know what kind. Bob wouldn't tell us. Bob wouldn't tell us. And also a really cool typewriter. So. Oh, I didn't see that. That's badass. Yeah. Because it's a really nice. Computers. Like it was a really nice. It looked like something from the 70s typewriter. Oh, I love that. I can see him having a typewriter for sure. I could too. Yeah. Yeah. But I everything that. in that office was very, very neat. Mm-hmm. Even the yes. papers. In the, he had one of those in and out type. Yeah, the incoming and divider had, bins. Um, yeah, divider bins and everything was super neat. 
That seems so, like the type of person he is. Like, that's a reflection of his personality, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, Albin is obviously injured. He's got his broken nose, black eyes, his lamp from the witches, the fight with the witches. Good. Uh, yeah, right? Thank you. So, you get the impression that he's surprised that she's there. And she says that he looks awful and she has this most like drippy, sympathetic voice. Like you talk to a dog or a child in. It's disturbing. I don't like it. Can you stop? Mm -hmm. He and and automatically he goes into this subservient role like automatically like he's a little boy. Yes. No. And apologizes. And says that it took him longer to get out of the session than he thought. And she's like, you must be tired. Sit down. And I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And so he sits down in a chair opposite his desk. So we're showing a power dynamic here. We sure are. <laughs> so he's not behind his desk. She is. Um. And then she continues in that syrupy voice, like, I can't imagine what you've been through. It's like, they caught us unaware. I don't know how they knew, but they they did. And, and then Carr gets up and gets really close to him, and it gets creepier. She puts his, her hands on his face and strokes his nose, and it hurts my everything because we know his nose is broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she goes, no, I'm no fancy doctor like you. But I think those girls broke your nose. And then she immediately, like, pushes it back in place. Because she's the devil. Listen. I'm not a doctor, but I'm a bitch. Exactly. (laughs) I've been in many a close reduction of a nasal fracture. And let me tell you, you want to be under anesthesia when that happens. Yeah, totally. Because they don't, they don't, like, she did that with her hands. That's not how you do that. With no warning and her hands. Yeah. Mm-mm. And you're right. You're not a doctor. How do you know you were fixing it, not making it worse? Yeah. She could have seriously, like, fucked his. She could have totally fucked his septum up and, like, yeah. done something really bad. Like, shoved some septum into his sinuses or something. Yeah. Like, totally. She could have just damaged Your brain's his right breathing. there, y'all. Yes. Your brain's right there. I know. That made me mad. I was like. I get we're doing it for drama, but she could have like really injured him, and like he's your this big is doctor. What are you doing? <laughs> oh god damn it! Yeah. Oh my <sighs> gosh, it hurt me so much. Not only because it would hurt, but also because she's doing it so badly. Yes. Just yes. to make a point. I know she's really gross. So. She basically scolds him for failing and he apologizes profusely and agrees that he failed. He failed the cause. And then she, now that he's being so like just word vomiting apologies, she says, we all stumble sometimes, Albie. Albie again. With our crusade at hand, we can't afford any of your failures. She's coming off like the evil... Like a cartoon evil genius taking over the world type person. Who is the like, you ever see the Emperor's New Groove? Yeah, 93 years ago. 
Yeah, and it's like, who is like the villain in that movie? Was that woman who's like thinks she's the mastermind, like running around? That's what Kara kind of is, but not funny mm, or likable. No, she's just creepy. She she's like creepy. she's creepy in that fundamentalist Christian grew up in a cult way. Yeah, like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier. <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't like this. This is not Pinky in the Brain. Get her ass out of here. Mm-hmm. Please. So soon. God, somebody better kill her. I mean, yes. Scylla needs to kill um, Albin. Right. But you know I what? really want. Go no go. Who do you want to wait? Go. Can you finish? For Kara, I think. I don't know. That's a hard one. I actually, I kind of want Petra to kill her. That would be amazing. Okay, listen, I'm here for Petra murdering. That'd be wonderful. Rail, if she needs to kill somebody to whatever, sure. Also, Nikta, it just wants to murder anyone. I would just go kill her because she murder would do it Kara. now. You know, she would do it now. She'd be like, whatever, kill she that would bitch. Would do it now. That's what I mean. Kill that I bitch. need it to happen fast. <laughs> Nikta would do it fastest. Where Petra would be satisfying. Murder children, murder Kara. No, go murder Kara. <laughs> It's for the cause. Like, <laughs> because I need my sanity. Murder so bad when they had out. Like, just murder them. Murder them both. Uh, anyway, sorry. So she <laughs> she basically tells them not to fail again, and then tells them there are some critical developments at the White House. So she's heard through the grapevines, aka Blanton, Blanton, that Kelly's about to make a move. And so she has to go help him because he needs her. After she leaves, he trashes his office. As like one does after talking chair, to Kara. Pounds the desk. As one does, because, I mean, Kara. also she, like, rebroke his nose. Yeah, his, like, um, nose was bleeding after that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what happens. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, there's a very sensitive, like, triangle yeah. right inside your nose that has all the blood vessels. And then if she fucked that shit up. Anyways. So he stops trashing his office because he has, like, a thought that occurs to him. So he straightens up into his normal Albin, like, I'm not a child being talked down to by a strange woman posture. Walks yes. around his desks and sits down and he makes a phone call to someone in the building because it's not like he's dialing a bunch of numbers. He's dialing an extension or something. Totally. And then and he says, prepare the operating room and bring our top specimen. It's time. And I don't like it. No. No. Where's Nikta's murderous rage when you need it? Listen, I always need it. Now would be a great time, though, Nikta. Come on now. Why wasn't that bus headed here? <laughs> um, W-I-N-B. Where is Nick to Batan? Where is Nick to Batan? <sighs> okay. I have a couple of non-Nikta things about this scene. One of them you talked about a little bit. The power dynamic crap that's happening here. Like, I get the sense from this scene that, like, Kara might be higher up in the Camarilla organization than Albin. Because we, we know he's the doctor, head of research, maybe. But she seems to have more power than him. And I think that's kind of why she's talking down to him a little bit, too. 
Or Albin just has crazy mommy issues, which definitely happens with Christian fundamentalists. So that wouldn't be out of Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the way she talks to him, it's like mommy's here and he just, like, cowers into, like, little scared boy mode, which is weird from what we've seen from Albin. So this is either an Albin doesn't know how to deal with women thing, which fundamental fundamentalist christians that reads or she's just more powerful than him in some way shape or form and he's like crap or she has like a um, connection maybe to like whoever is actually in charge and he's like okay i have to play ball and so he like gives her whatever she wants kind of thing i'm not sure which one it is it could be either it could be both either way it's creepy Then, later, when she's talking to him, she uses the word crusade, which is very specific Christian language. So, it's just more reinforcement of, like, they're trying to do a war that's under the guise of holiness, or some higher purpose that's, like, really about genocide, which is, like, their shit. So, like, even the language is very, like, indicative of, like, what they're trying to do. So, I like that word, because it's very fitting for just all of this. Where have we heard that before? Jeez. Crusades, inquisitions. Witch hunts. Witch hunts. We're back. Christianity. Gone wrong. Christianity. Again. Oh my God. Yeah. It's very Um, culty. I really feel like they know each other before. I do too. Like they may not actually be related in some way, but I feel like they maybe grew up alongside one another somehow. Right. Or like we're in certain circles, like social circles together. Yeah. But like, again, there was a power imbalance for sure. Yeah. That's always existed. It feels like he was always kind of the weird dude that everybody kind of was like, oh yeah, Al- Albie. And she I, was like the yeah, super yeah, popular... Yeah right fit right into whatever it was he was the outcast mm-hmm. the weird guy I, he almost gives me like he was the orphan in whatever social circle mm-hmm. they were in like he was adopted in yeah. versus she was bred into whatever yep. this is mm-hmm. kind of vibe so she can talk down to him because of those archaic social structures which the camera is an archaic social structure yeah exactly so he has to like prove himself even more because he feels like he doesn't really belong so he has to constantly prove himself Mm -hmm. so maybe that's why he's getting more extreme with his experiments he's like this may not be ready but fuck it i screwed up she saw i screwed up i have to prove myself pull the trigger for the crusade or the cause or whatever and also for me (laughs) you know so Oh yeah. <sighs> there's not there's like there's nothing in this episode that I'm just like happy about. I to be honest. Literally nothing. Well, okay. Nothing when made we get me to, happy. Okay. When we get to the fan fiction later, that made me happy <laughs> like for like five minutes. The bar The only scene. thing that gave me a spark of happiness like real happiness was the fact that it even though this next scene is makes my brain explode at least it was hot well okay the hot scene is your scene later this is the setup to the hot scene yes later. 
that also makes me angry. That's true. That's true. Sorry, I forgot. I got ahead. I wanted to go to the hot scene. Okay. I know, which understandable. We will get there. Uh, But first, we have to get through this transition scene. So let's get through it. So we're back to the spree women who are marching through the woods in the daytime. Granted, we know they're on a mountain, I assume, because there was a cliff. They're in a bunch of trees. It's daylight. They find this abandoned barn with a murder of crows inside. And Scylla's like, perfect. Birds, it's abandoned. Let's stop here and like rest because she wants to contact Rail. That's been her whole mission. She's like, we have enough distance between us and the bus. Let's just hang out here for a little bit, recuperate. Because realistically, they've been running for like over 24 hours and none of them have slept. So like they probably should sleep. But Nikta's like, I've been... You know, I've seen this film before. I don't like the ending. Like, we should keep moving because (laughs) they're hunting us. We need to just keep moving. (laughs) And Scylla does not hear Nikta because they're not communicating right now. And she just goes to the barn. And Nikta's like, I guess. She just ignores her. (laughs) Right. Right. And Nikta's like, I guess we're a team. I'll just follow you. So they go in the barn and Scylla's like, cool, you sleep first. I'm going to, I'm going to search the barn and look for birds and Nikta's like whatever and so Nikta goes to sleep Scylla looks around finds a dead bird and like call back to the scene with the death cap in season one dead bird we all know where this is going I want to note something when Scylla finds the bird or when she's looking out in the back in the back of the barn the spree music kind of starts to play like that classic spree theme song but it's a different melody which i thought was interesting it's almost like it it morphs into something else and i'm wondering if that's indicating something about scylla and nicta and like their relation to the spree or if it was more about scylla because it was kind of her they were focusing on but it was just kind of curious that like that melody is shifting as like the spree stuff is shifting or the spree ladies are switching mo's i thought that was interesting the first time i heard it yeah it kind of felt like you had the spree ladies, but they're so divided. Right oh yeah, now. I don't know. Totally, like, I meant like their journeys, the- <clears throat> like maybe individually versus like mm-hmm. they're not together right now. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only there's a couple of things that I saw. In- <laughs> I found one line funny. Um, when Scylla says, look, there's a moldy old mattress with your name on it. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It just felt like so such a Scylla thing to say to dismiss Nikta. Like, go sleep on a moldy mattress, Nikta. <laughs> yeah, that's what but, I mean. The um, tension keeps ratcheting with these two because they're just they're not communicating and they're just like throwing insults at each other. So... But I also need to point out that I lied. The only other thing that made me happy in this episode is the fact that the crows are back. Scylla's crows are back because we haven't seen them. We've seen Nikta's bats. We have not seen Scylla's crows. Very true. Yeah, it was nice to see them. The crows are back. It was really nice to see them. And I love that even though the crow... So when she finds the, the crow's body, there's one perched right above that body and when she picks the body up, it kind of squawks at her, like, what are you doing? 
And she's like, she like shushes him and is like, it's going to be all right. So she's talking to her crumbs. It's adorable. It's adorable. I'm like, it's not even Morrigan. Just all the crows know Scylla. They do. They talk. Crows talk. Crows talk. Crows talk. All right. So on to the Talder fan fiction. Woo! The scene made me happy. (laughs) (laughs) So. This was a scene. What's left of our unit and a dill (laughs) show up at the bar that Tally saw in her vision. Um, so Abigail suggests that Tally look ahead again. And Tally's like, bitch, this is exactly what I saw. Let's just go. Abigail. So Abigail, stop girl. Literally, stop. <sighs> so they get inside the bar and everybody's bingling and drinking and they, immediately find Kalita at the bar asking for a straw for her drink because why not right <laughs> so random <laughs> sure I want to know what she's drinking me too I don't think we ever see it I think it's club soda probably or like a coke or something Shirley Temple right I don't what know a kids drink I don't know drinking <laughs> <laughs> coke is Caitlin's guess what? Why would why, why would you, would put, you put gin, gin and coke, coke together? together? That's disgusting. <laughs> Caitlin put together. Gin and tonic, rum and coke. Caitlin, rum and <laughs> it's rum and coke. Gin and tonics are good. I don't know that Kalita would dig it, but. I myself prefer a vodka with club soda, lime, and lemon. But hey, whatever. It's very refreshing. Pretty classic. I think Kalita would dig that. So they are like, what the fuck happened? Except nicer. Also, like, what the fuck are you doing and, at a bar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? So Kalita doesn't answer. She just looks past them. And who should arrive? Waitress but Sarah Walter. <laughs> With a serving platter of shots. <laughs> what is this? Her scene? first line and her first scene back. Drink these. It'll make this easier. <laughs> what the fuck? Who is fan Ow. fiction? <laughs> they take this, this is from- fan fiction. <laughs> this is literally, I swear <laughs> to God. Okay, so Taylor got in her accident. And then they're like, what the fuck do we do? We don't have time to rewrite all this shit. So like they went through fan fiction and they're like, we're going to do it. There it is. Just like piece things together. And so they got to this scene and they're like, I guess Kalita's at a bar drinking. They had to find her there. And then Tally shows up and sees Alder, who's like, take this drink. I swear to God, this is straight up infection. It sounds like a trick. It, right, it does. I'm like, is it she a shapeshifter? Like-, <laughs> like, what is this? What is this scene? It sounds like something a really awful dude would get, would say to you before he sexually assaults you. Yeah, like nothing good happens after that line she just gave. You're like, exactly. I'm disturbed. No, I'm disturbed. No. <laughs> Tally's with us because she kind of, first of all, she's shocked that Alder's here. And second of all, she's like, I'm not drinking that. 
<laughs> what did you no, just say you. to me? You're older. What is, is this my dream yeah. again? Are Am we gonna I make out? dreaming again? <laughs> yeah. Do you actually kiss me this time? <laughs> Questions that need answers, Tally. Questions that need answer. <laughs> Tally kind of reaches out for Alder. I think she's going to touch her to make sure she's real. That was my read of that. Me too. Yeah, and I'm like, she thinks she's dreaming. Yes, yeah. you're adorable. <laughs> it was so cute. It was. And so she doesn't actually touch her, though. Because <sighs> Ellie Dude, hates I us. didn't know that because it was cute. And uh, Alder is not answering any of their questions. No. Because her mind is on one thing. And it's whiskey. nachos. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, this scene of Alder with whiskey and nachos is just everything. It it's is so great. So, Thank someone brings someone brings in some nachos for Alder. Like a she big ass plate, big, big plate of nachos, like something you share. And Alder's like, "This is for me." <laughs> <laughs> Don't even think about it. Don't touch my like. If someone like you know how Tally steals food, like she would have swiped the hand away. <sighs> so she's starts to eat the nachos and we've as we have been informed before alder in her previous manifestation like actual alder back in the day did not eat did, could not enjoy food so now that she's in a new i don't know what to call it form shall we say new form. a non-bitty she's form. been reborn right sure i guess she's mortal like more mortal now or whatever right. she can enjoy mortal. she things. can enjoy food because she is yeah. having like orgasmic reactions to these nachos yes i mean they're nachos but also good for you I know. Alder. <laughs> guess what i ate earlier in anticipation for did you have nachos episode I did have nachos. Fuck Actually, yeah, I had nachos Brie. tonight and last night. Yes. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Because after I watched that episode, I had such a strong craving for nachos. I could not kick it. Yes. Same Z's. So, mm. Mm. anyway. Nachos for Alder, guys. <laughs> nachos for Alder. Yes, please, God. I'm going to need more hydration. Mm. So... Yeah. She's enjoying the nachos and still won't explain anything. But Tally, understandably, is kind of like, hi, what the yeah. fuck's going on? <laughs> what is this? Listen, hey. right here. Hey, focus. All there, focus. focus. <laughs> Put the nachos down. Never thought I'd say that. <laughs> I know. I love it so much. Alder kind of signals Kalita to take Adil and Abigail away. And then she shushes Tally's questions because guess who's coming on the stage? It's Elaine. This whole Elaine. scene is so fucking fan fiction bizarre. It is. Um, oh, Elaine is here. And the first thing you notice when Elaine starts singing is that her song contains work because you can kind of hear her voice augmenting. So you figure at that point that Alder isn't here for the nachos, really, or the whiskey. She's here for Elaine, and those were just bonuses. Correct. Tally tries to fight the work in Elaine's song at first because she still wants these answers from Alder, but 
Yeah. That lasts all of like 0.5 seconds because after that, Tally's dancing. She's dancing like a fool. Goes out on the floor and joins Adil and Abigail dancing. The only, like the only two people who aren't affected by this are Alder and Kalina who are just standing. Like Kalina's leaning up against a post and Alder sitting there with her nachos and they're just watching Elaine without being affected by any of this. Yeah, which is interesting. I like that. But yeah, Tally was feeling it. <laughs> she great. was. She she needed to unwind a bit. Poor Tally. She Good did. Good for you. Good for you, Tally. I'm also glad Abigail loosened up for five minutes. Jesus fucking Thank Christ. Christ. I know. <laughs> well, Literally. you know, she got her gold. I found Kalita. Right, yeah, Abigail's mission is accomplished. She got everything she wanted, so I guess hydrate for lesbian Jesus. For Tally, who deserves some fun. Poor Tally. Yes. She deserved to have some fun. She's been so stressed this whole time. I'm blaming herself. Yeah. Caitlin's like, Alder can help with that. Listen, (laughs) Alder can definitely help with that. If Nikta was there, all I'm saying... Tally would have had someone dancing with her that wasn't Abigail. I'm just saying. And then we would have got jealous stuff. You know what? That's a different fan fiction. We'll just leave that alone. I I have a question about this scene. (laughs) All right. So I guess we kind of figure out, I think in this scene mostly, that Alder is the one that kind of like finds Kalita. Mm Mm-hmm. And tracked her down. So... I'm wondering how she did that, and I'm thinking that it's, like, the mycelium is who's locating all of these keepers or areas where the song was last or something, and it's, like, sending Alder wherever she needs to go. So, like, that's how Alder just, like, appeared in the woods with Kalita, and I was like, oh, hey, um, I need you. So, because, like, if you think about it, the mycelium is basically has this underground network of, like, all those, like, hyphae that kind of, like, form this web. So, it could realistically send Alder anywhere. So, I'm wondering if that's how this is happening. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. So, how it has to be Unless Alder can fly. We don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) With or without (laughs) Salva. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, it's just we missed it real quick in some of these scenes. Yeah, like Supergirl, she just takes off. Oh, he's so fun. Mm, Wrong network. (laughs) Yeah. Wrong Kara, wrong network. (laughs) Wrong Kara, wrong network, wrong place. All right. So, is that the end of that scene? I can't remember. Yeah, it yeah. is. All right, so while they're all getting their Elaine on in the bar, <laughs> it's nighttime now. Oh, Elaine. Oh, oh Elaine. <laughs> it is nighttime <laughs> in the session. It's nighttime. And we're back with Nikta and Scylla. So when we left them, it was daytime. Now it's suddenly nighttime. Okay. Now Nikta's asleep at this point. As she, How long was Scylla's watch? Nikta's now asleep. It's nighttime. The timing in this episode is really weird. It's for plot reasons. I blame Ellie for all of this. And now it's nighttime. Now Scylla's like, okay, now I'm going to do the death cap scene, which the death cap song, which is weird to me that she didn't do it sooner. But whatever. Sure. Like, does she need the moon for this to work? 
I just, I don't know why she waited so long. I feel like she would have done it sooner to contact The Rayo. last time she did it was at night, too. And then the time that we see in the future her doing it was at night. So maybe it does have to be at night. See, I thought that. But also, like, Rail did it during the day, the first time she talked to the mycelium. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's different when you're using it to try to manifest something rather than... Maybe. Just using it on the mycelium. I don't know. It's so weird. It's weird. So like, weird. I was trying to figure that out. I was like, is it a nighttime thing? Or is it like she was in the woods with Rail at night and was like, all right. I don't know. I can't figure it out. It seems weird because just Scylla was so desperate to do it. It was seems weird for me to her to wait. That's all. Yes. I feel like this is her plot reasons. I don't think it has. Because it's Scylla Big Witch Energy Ramsworth. She doesn't need the goddamn moon. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think this is set up for plot reasons. It is. It is, honestly. So the point of this, it's just I have accepted that Ellie hates me. So it's fine. It's not (laughs) fine, but whatever. Anyway, um, so Scylla's running into a problem this time. So when she's trying to manifest the death cap mushroom, it's taking more than a hot minute for that to happen. Like a hot hour kind of thing. And Scylla's, like, really struggling to, like, maintain the seed to, like, get it to work. So it's really indicating that something's wrong with the mycelium because it's taking a lot longer for her to manifest this thing that's connected to the mycelium. So, like, it's almost showing us that, like, the mycelium's getting weaker and weaker. And so in order for the mycelium to do things like manifest Sarah Alder and send her all across the world, it has to kind of conserve its resources. So... How is Rail actually doing? I feel like the mycelium at this point is torn between the sending Alder out to go do stuff, which probably takes a ton of energy, and then like keeping Rail safe because it needs Rail. So like those are its two main things that it's trying to do simultaneously. And here's Scylla trying to like manifest something else, and the mycelium's like, I don't have that much energy left. Alder's still at the bar. I still have Rail. And so I think Scylla's kind of slowly putting together stuff about the mycelium's health and, like, connecting it to Rael. So she's, like, freaking out. Like, starting to freak out here. And so she's understandably getting really frustrated because, like, she waited all day to do this. And it's just not working. It's taking more effort. So she just kind of, like, doubles down, puts her hands in the dirt, like, to, I don't know, connect to it, to get angry. I don't know. And like, to puts ground more herself. In, yeah. To ground herself metaphorically. Oomph. Yeah. Oomph, exactly. And she like starts singing like more forcefully and trying to like extend the note. And while that's happening, Scylla wakes up. I mean, Scylla, Rhea, um, Nicta wakes up and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> and as, so uh, as they're like having this, the marshals come because plot reasons, and they stop what they're doing and go look because they hear the whistling. And lo and behold, the marshals are coming out dramatically into the field and they can see them doing their whistling. And Nick and Silla like observe them for like a second and put together that the wi- they're using the whistling to like look and trace magical work. It's probably something similar to the way Tally can like see threads of work. Instead of just being able to see it like Tally does, they probably have to like sing this note out and then they can see traces of the work and they follow it. And it's vocal work is the big thing. So 
they put together really quickly, oh, fuck, they're following our voices. So, like, let's stop talking and doing vocal work because that's how they're tracking us. And Scylla, Big Witch Energy Ramshorn, of course, figures out, I have a better idea. Instead of us just shutting up, why don't we redirect them by using my birds to sound like us and then they'll follow those voices. And so it's like Jabber Jays in the Hunger Games where like the birds talk and then people follow them. And that's exactly what she does. She sends her birds out and then the marshals hear their voices and follow the birds with their voices. And then it cuts away. So that was that. See, this is the kind of teamwork stuff they would do. Yes. One thing, only one. It is. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you want me to say? Scylla being sexy about being big brain at this moment, like the the time she gets to be big brain in this episode. Um, that yes. was nice. But I will, my note is that the bird that you see at the very end that's leading mm-hmm. the marshals away, the last bird that you see fly off is actually Morgan. Yeah. Because you the see white. the white collar yeah. on his neck. The white collared crow. So it's actually Morgan. Morgan is back. The others were not Morgan. Morgan the bird is here. Just saying. So he can track Scylla. <laughs> the actual Morgan. The Morgan. Yes. Morgan the bird. The Morgan, not the imitations. No. Because there's only one. So yay for them being like smart for 3.5 seconds. Because that's how Jesus, a team up between them should last. go. I know. Like, like literally, yes. it's insane to me, all of it that happens after this, because, like, the two of them actually are really fucking smart and could have pulled this off. That's what's very frustrating. Like, they figured that out in, like, three seconds. <laughs> like, like, between the two of them. It's all in plus. It's plot service. This whole episode feels like plot service. It feels like a setup episode. And it's like, don't think too much about it. We just have to get here, you know? And it's just like, yeah. it's frustrating. Because I wanted to see them work together and, like, kick ass because they can. And it's just frustrating. It's like, no, but we have to make the women fight with each other. And it's like, why? <sighs> Whatever. It just makes me upset. Cause, like, I get that we need to get to a certain uh, place in, in the plot. It's just, it just hurts that we have to hurts. do it this way. Or that we don't have to. It hurts that they did it this way. Yeah, agreed. It just, yes. It hurts my these characters wouldn't do this brain like yeah totally or like I, I can I can see them sending the marshals away then after the other ones get captured they try to rescue them and then get captured in that skirmish like why did they that's have to how each it should have gone down that's what I mean like <sighs> I'm just gonna talk about it now because listen when we get to the the scene later like. Okay, because, like, if Nikta was really an asshole, she could have just, like, left everybody and been like, fuck this, bye. But she doesn't. So she's with them, even though her and Scylla are not, like, on the same page. So, like, it's totally plausible for the two of them to, like, try to rescue the other ones and then just, like, get outnumbered. Because, like, they were a team. Even though they were bickering, they were still a team, you know? Just, it's very frustrating. I would have loved that, but here we are. Here we are, and back to... More Talder fan fiction. <laughs> I know. We gotta break this up with the fan fiction. 
the bar, people are stuffing money in tip jars, and Tally's dancing all pretty and, like, just having the time of her life. She sure is. So, of course, Abigail goes straight to, hey, when's the last time you had sex, Tally? Why don't you go find somebody to have sex with? Okay. Sure. Why is Abigail like use this? Your sight to find a, use your sight to find a worthy specimen. It's like, is this your, like, this is you looking out for Tally? Go, go use your sight that's, like, dangerous to find somebody to have sex with. I, I know. I can't with Abigail. I swear to God. Also, First of like, all, it makes no goddamn sense. It makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> like, what? Look into the future? Like, <laughs> it makes no goddamn sense. Uh, it really I know it's it. not going to make sense because Abigail's drunk at this point and high on whatever work Elaine is throwing out there. Literally, yeah. But. <sighs> so Kalita okay. comes over and says that Abigail may want to slow down. And a lot of people are reading that as Abigail being pregnant, but I don't. That's not what I get from it because it just sounds like Kalita's like, hey, you guys should probably not drink so much right now and wouldn't she have just told her not to drink at all thank you <laughs> what did yeah if that's what was happening and like kalita kalita the keeper of knowledge who the knower of these prophecies if the earth and sky shit is really about their child she'd be swiping whiskey out of abigail's hand so she can't drink there's no thank way you. in hell kalita's like no, you can have two, but that's... There's no way in hell. Like, never. That would never happen. That is not what's happening here. No. No. I think Khalid is like, you need to slow your roll, Abigail. You're high right now. That's how I read that. Like, calm the fuck down. Like, mm-hmm. leave Tally Me alone. Too. Because I've been reading what's going on with Nikta, so just, like, chill. <laughs> She'll get there. But yeah, there's no way in hell that's... that. No, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. No offense, but like, well, no, no offense. It's just doesn't make any sense. So they sober up real fast because Elaine's work wears off when she leaves. Um, And then Tally immediately goes to find Alder and is like, what is going on? And Alder's like, okay, fine. (laughs) Let's go talk to Elaine. (laughs) She's like, after you. She's like exasperated at this point that Tally just keeps asking her questions. And I'm like, Alder, what do you freaking expect? It's Tally it's crazy. Tally. Number, one. Number two, your whole existence here is very sus. Yeah, remember those what glowing eyes when we came in? There was no explanation for that either. You're just like, nachos. No. And it's like, what? Nachos? Whiskey what nachos. is happening? <laughs> What is going on? She it's understandable that Tally wants to know totally. what this haul is all about. Like this is heck? all weird. So, <laughs> yeah, totally. So weird. When when Alder's like after you, Tally's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's like so Tally. Poor Tally. And She's like, that's I guess. Where it ends. <laughs> yeah. I think my only note was this was more fan fiction. Because, like, Abigail has the line, like, I'll use your sight to find someone. And then eventually her eyes gravitate to Alder. So it's like, okay, well. And that's who she goes to after the thing wears off. So here we are. I hope you get your answers, Tally. 
Girl needs to figure out her sexuality is all I'm saying. So. Thank you. Soak up the cuteness because we're going back to a creepy scene with Albie. Extra creepy with extra creep on the side. If this was nachos, (laughs) these would be the most black nachos, nasty ass, worms and maggot nachos ever. No, when we talked about the season two finale, the zombie nachos, (laughs) they're back. (laughs) The zombie nachos are back. So that's where we're at. (laughs) <laughs> from Taco Bell. Yeah, brought to you by Taco Bell. So that's where we're at. We're at the scene equivalent it's of zombie nachos. anymore. It's called Black Mountain Dew. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Only at Taco Bell. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Just adds to this menu we're creating of horror. <laughs> we're not sponsored by Taco Bell, by the way. <laughs> She is horrified. <laughs> she is. Anyway, back to Albie. So Albie's lost his mind and is ready for this big surgery <laughs> thing to happen where he is one of the specimens with his specimen. So basically it's Albin and they're in an operating room and all the Camarilla goons are back in those ceremonial red scrubs that they wore when they were torturing Rael in season two. So we're back in that. So this is some kind of Camarilla-specific operation that's about to happen. And there's two, uh, like, tables or gurney things. I don't know. Albin's on one of them. And then there's a witch on the other one who's, like, got a collar on her arm. She's, like, cuffed to the table. There's, like, bruising, so she's been there a hot minute. And she's, like, freaking the fuck out, and she's gagged. So this isn't good. And Albin, while she's freaking out trying to escape... Alvin does his super creepy, like, shh, and, like, petting her hair like he did with Rail. Apparently, this means this is him being affectionate, according to Bob, which just comes off as super creepy. But sure, we love you, Bob, but it's creepy. And then he uses his words to try and comfort her, and he tells her, like, hey, hey, like, listen, your toad's gonna die. But, like, look on the bright side. You're making a contribution to the cause, which is genocide, but whatever. Like, you know, you're this for the greater good for us. And while he's doing this weird pep talk to this woman who's about to die, the, one of the Camarilla like operating minions is like, "Um, hey, Doctor Albie, are you sure you really want to be going through with this? And like, we can do other stuff that's not so like permanent." So. Whatever the operation is, it's like irreversible, basically. And Albin looks super offended by this because, like. Here's an underling questioning him after he basically just got chewed out by his boss, quote unquote, Kara. And he's like, whoa, whoa, you think I'm afraid? Because he has like hurt feels for like looking weak, basically. So this is like white male fragility overcompensating by doing this extreme experiment is what this whole scene is. And he like basically freaks out here and he's like, I'm not afraid to like make a sacrifice And he gives this, like, dramatic as fuck monologue about how, like, I was sent in the midst of wolves and, like, now I'm the lion. I learned the way of the beast. So, like, using these weird metaphors to basically say I'm going to sacrifice my humanity because I'm a big boy. And instead of being this weakling or just, like, a normal human, I'm going to become the beast, the thing we're trying to kill, to help us. Like, so he's, like, trying to justify 
becoming a witch is basically what he's doing and saying, no, 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 I'm doing it for the cause. Whatever. I think he has a witch fetish, but here we are. And he's so like eager to prove himself that he like takes the scalpel himself. This is insane. And cut starts like incising his own vocal cord area. So like they're preparing for like a vocal cord transplant is what this is. They're going to take the witch vocal cords, put them into Albin. And he does this without any anesthesia, nothing, just blind. He's just like, mm, let's get going. I'm serious. Thoughts about that, Brie, as a surgery tech? A lot. First of all, they did a pretty good job of the table does look like an OR table that's put in a slightly weird position for what they're doing. Yes. But hey, whatever. Sure. Um, it does resemble OR tables, so I'll give them that. However, the the blade on his knife handle is way too big for what he's doing. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a, that looked like a 20 blade. We use a 15 for stuff like that, sir. I know, I was thinking to cut That's too big. Artery. It's too big. You're you that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen because there you're gonna freaking bleed out in three minutes if right. you're in the slightly the wrong place there. That's her. Not only that, there's like way more than there's this so vascular and there's like good lord, there's too many things that you can just mess up in that area. Oh my gosh, nerves, everything. So uh, the whole thing was dumb as hell. Mm-hmm. And they're not even using the right equipment. So no. If you're like, if he, if, he's definitely not a surgeon. I'll pull, tell you that much right now. So we've ruled that out from what was on the medical wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. He must, unless he's like, I don't know. Cause that the blade that he uses stuff you use in orthopedic surgery, <laughs> like that was whatever. Wild. Whatever. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never used a 20 blade in my 10 years of being working in surgery. Never used that blade. The biggest we've ever used is like a 10, which is between the two. So. Right. Drama. Loves. Alvin loves his drama. drama. He knew that it has was the to wrong be big one. knife. Yeah. Big eye. Yeah, he did. Male fragility. There you go. It's for the television. You have to have the big knife. It is. He's a big boy. He's a big knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least I got the knife handle right for that blade. True. Yeah, so I mean, give the, him that. Most of the stuff in there, good job at props department. It looked pretty mm-hmm. convincing, the stuff they had. that I mean, that was their legit operator. Yeah. You know, allegedly. Yeah. So. It was all just for the the show so the big, drama. no one's gonna know the difference except for somebody so just just yeah. free <laughs> just just me and whoever else i don't whoever else has ever worked in surgery well i won't say that because the nurses don't the circulating nurses don't know yeah i digress <sighs> let's go back to alder and the confusing <laughs> okay listen this just Love occurred me. to me do Every it. alder scene feels like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it because does. you've got the drink, drink me type thing. You've got this weird situation going on. I feel like the Mad Hatter's in control here. I don't yeah. freaking know what's going on. 
Yeah, no, anyway. it's so true. And like the way it's like dark and it's like weird neon lights. It's like trippy, you know? It's very trippy. It's giving me Alice in Wonderland vibes. It's Tally in Wonderland because she's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Tally in Wonderland. Of course Alder's in her Wonderland. It's Tally's fan fiction. Of course it is. That's why she's like, is this a dream? Because I've had this dream. I've had something similar. Like, the, are you real? I need to. Okay. <laughs> it's too bad Nicta had to be plot device out of this. I know. I would have died if Nicta was here. It would have been so fucking funny. Why can't you give us yeah, that? that we hilarious. can't have Rael right now. Put Nicta in this situation. It would have been hysterical. Nicta at a bar. Like, she doesn't know what to do. Like, it would have been funny for so many reasons. God. It would have. Anyway. So Alder catches up to Elaine, who's just super happy because she's cleaned up. She's got her tip jar. It's full. And Alder says, what beautiful songs you have. And now I'm in Red Riding Hood. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no, it's very weird, like, fable language they keep using. Like, it is. Are you okay, Alder? We're in a children's book. Put one on whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> like the Winona Earp whiskey and nachos yes! version of a children's book. Oh, yes. Yes. I would love that. Yes. Yes to all of that. Oh, man. Yes. So <laughs> Elaine is like, thank you. And then Alder continues to ask her really probing questions. <laughs> So what has your mother told you of your of your lineage? Like, I'm sorry, but if a woman approached me when I was going to my trailer and asked Who me that, you? I too would be a little weirded out. She doesn't introduce herself. She's just like, what no. beautiful songs you have. What did your mother tell you? It's like, who the fuck are you? Who are you? So give me your family tree. What'd your mom say about it? Yeah. Tell, tell me everything about your family and your dark secrets. It's like, get the fuck out of here. So, she's like, your lineage and the vow to protect your peace is the first song. So, I guess she's trying to call Elaine out by being like, well, you're a keeper of the first song. I know you are. We're both witches. It's cool. Let's just, just give it up. But Elaine's like, uh, I want you to leave now. GTF forever. Please. Yeah, forever. Please and I'm with here. Elaine here. <laughs> so I would have felt the same way. But Alder does some crazy ass purple eye mycelium shit, like purple mm -hmm. around her eyes. I'm like, what show are we on? <laughs> this is like some once once upon a time shit. We're back to fables. <laughs> but Elaine is like scared and she's like, you can have it! And As she away. should be. That was creepy as fuck. <laughs> it was like, creepy as fuck. Whatever, bye. I'm a con woman. So Alder looks super surprised that she was so scared. And then like roll, pretty much just like rolls her eyes and is like, whatever. <laughs> and so they go into the trailer. She tells Tally, we needn't concern ourselves with the thief. Only the song she stole. So we went from, hey, you're a keeper of the song... Like, give it up to, oh, she stole it. And I guess Alder got to that conclusion without telling us. I, th I think 
the leap was okay if you were really the steward like i am you, you'd yeah. like defend it with your life and this bitch Precisely. was just like bye because like she had the bye, money bitch. she's a con artist like she was using it to yeah, get money obvi. so she's like mm, okay you're not the real keeper it wasn't explained in any way no. shape or form so it wasn't it's just i mean that was my conclusion as well but it's just like okay sure right there's some people who probably wouldn't get to that conclusion yeah it's really (laughs) fast it's just like wow all their are together in three seconds cool and doesn't tell tally tally's like i still don't know what we're doing (laughs) exactly tally's like i still don't know why you're here (laughs) right you haven't answered any of my questions who the fuck was elaine (laughs) what is this yeah exactly so they go inside the trailer and Tally sees all kinds of work in the air and all these seeds are contained in these vessels and it's just super overwhelming. This is also a scene that we got in the trailer where mm-hmm. yeah. we were like, what's going on here? Was she like seeing this in a vision? No, this was literally physically she's in a trailer with a lot of work contained in all of these vessels. So she almost drops one, but Alder catches it because she has super duper crazy matrix reflexes. Mm-hmm. And she, Tally says they all contain seeds, but and Alder's like, some of them are more dangerous than others. So I, you get the idea that something really bad would have happened if that seed might have cracked or that vessel might have cracked and the seed got out. Yeah. Um, there's only one seed they're looking for. And Tally won't find it until Alder answers her questions. Finally, she has some leverage. Right. <laughs> Good on you, Tally. She finally has something where she can be like... But, uh... Basically, Alder's there because the mother brought her back. So, she even corrects Tally when Tally calls... calls says the mycelium. And is like, the mother. <laughs> so... There's, like, a super-duper big distinction like we heard Albin make in an earlier episode mm-hmm. about them calling it the mother. So that's something to keep in your brain. Um, Tally tells Alder that the mother took Rael, and Alder didn't know this, so the mycelium isn't telling her everything. And that means that things are a lot worse than she knew. And they don't have a lot of time to find all the pieces of the first song. Whose music will heal the world and end the war? Sounds fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the it's the heal the world part that oh, yeah. doesn't sound, you know, quite right to me. Tally's first question is, okay, and Rael will be okay? And Alder's answer is not very comforting because she says, if the mother wills it. Right. Uh, she, she doesn't she, tell me everything. Right. She just said, she's like, bitch, I didn't know about this. How would I yeah, know? Like, it's up to the mycelium. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a lackey, so. Right. <laughs> it, I'm not in charge for once. Oh, we've got a, like a couple of times in this sequence where Alder there's a couple of times in this sequence with them in the trailer you know like now and later where she alder is getting pain like you can see her 
mm-hmm. in pain and it seems like the mycelium is is getting weak and she's gonna yep have to go back yeah but tally does fine tally tally is we just have more evidence of her being like super duper powerful being able to pick the seed that they're looking for out of all of this information that's being thrown at her I think she gets there later, but yeah, she does. I mean, it's Tally. She does get there later. It's Tally. Um, and then to piggyback off of the mycelium is what's manifesting Alder, like you said. I think that's absolutely what's happening and, and what we're seeing with Alder when Alder starts. I can't remember if it's in this. I think maybe in the scene, definitely later, the next scene with them later, uh, you start to see like Alder is definitely like in more pain. And again, just like with Scylla struggling with the death cap seed, like the mycelium is exhausting itself because again, it's main missions are Alder getting the song. And then, so it has to manifest Alder and then keeping Rael protected. So it's, and, and it's being um, killed by fungicide. So it's like, it's getting less and less powerful each day is kind of what that's showing. And I think, I was trying to wonder, like, what is the glowing eye thing all about? Because it happens sometimes with Alder. It's not all the time. Yes, Lynn is not human and her eyes are incredible when you shine light at them. But I think it's trying to signify, like, maybe when the mycelium's power is maximized with Alder or, like, when the mycelium is, like, can see what Alder sees, perhaps, like... Because, like, it's not telling everybody anything. So it's also using Alder not just to get the songs, but maybe to, like, see what the state of the world is because it can't send its little mushrooms out anymore. So, like, maybe it's when they're more connected or, like, when she has more mycelial power, perhaps. Yeah. I can see that. Maybe. Cool. But, yeah. Tally's badass. And, honestly, if I had to see the world the way Tally saw it, like, in that van, I'd get vertigo and like nauseous. There's so much going on with what Tally has to see when she's like using her knower powers. Like that was a lot. Se- a it's lot a of lot sensory of stuff. Visual input and yeah, uh, yeah, makes me sick just looking through her eyes. Yeah, no wonder she's like falling into stuff. It's a lot for Tally. So like, get on Tally always. Yes. But damn. Alrighty. So after that happens and Elaine fucks off and there in the rv or whatever we then cut inside the roadhouse and it's now just adil abigail and kalita at a booth and kalita is explaining to the two of them how she got here basically and she's like well i was at the camp like i was supposed to be guarding where rail sunk into the mycelium and alder just like showed up out of nowhere and she took me here which is why the marshals didn't find me and the reason I went with her is because um, Alder told me she's seeking out the six pieces of the first song, basically. She told me that she is a steward of one of the pieces. I'm a steward of one of the pieces. So that's confirmed. And Alder even sung her, like sung Kalita, her own piece. And she's like, that's how I knew she wasn't lying because I know what my sound sounds like and feels like. And then I heard hers and I was like, yep, okay, you're for real. So I was like, I'll go anywhere with you. You are, you are, you are just like me. And I wonder when this all happened, was the reaction to the song similar to Alder's reaction to Oris, uh, Boris's uh, 
egg song of destiny was that that kind of song where she's like i feel it in my blood remember that from season one i do i do it was somewhat some i was like it was the pre alice in wonderland alder reaction to nachos yeah totally (laughs) i love it oh yeah so i um, wonder if it was too it's Alder's egg song of destiny. She's saying it to Kalita. Mm-hmm. Kalita has her own egg song of destiny. And that was it. Kalita's like, you're legit. We're on the same side now. And Abigail and Adil are like, mm, okay. But there's still a concern that like, okay, but this is super fucking dangerous. Now suddenly Abigail's concerned about danger for some reason. Not when Tally's <laughs> like, hey, this is dangerous. And Abigail's like, fuck you, whatever. But Kalita, Kalita, she's like, hey, maybe this is dangerous for you. And Kalita's like, listen, obviously it's dangerous. The world's on fire. But like, I have you guys. Like, it used to be just me and Adil against the world. Now it's me, Adil, and you. I guess. (laughs) We're sisters. We're sisters. And that's the other reason people are thinking that Abigail's pregnant, because she's calling her sister like that. And I'm like... No. Okay. 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 This is a world that's built on matriarchies. And so calling someone your sister is the, in our world, where we live in a patriarchy equivalent of calling someone your brother. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're not related, but like, we might as well be because of our circumstances. It's what army guys do. It's what mm-hmm. they do in the witch army where they're like, you're my sister. Like Abigail and Tally and Rail call each other sisters. It's like a, we're a found family, a forged family through mm-hmm. our common purpose thing. Because it's a matriarchy. So like the equivalent in that language is calling you sister. Thank you. Yes. There we have it. Okay. We all good? I was good from the beginning. I was too. If you weren't, I hope that helped. Yes, we cleared it up for you. So let's go back to the barn. If we we have have to. to. I know. (laughs) We're back. Whatever. Let's just let's let's get through this. Let's get through this. So after the marshals go off in search of the Morgan. Silly goes right back to trying to contact Rael, even though the crows aren't going to keep the marshals busy for for long. And Nikta tries to talk sense into her. It's like, it's sweet how much you love her so much, but it has made you weak. Please don't say that. that stop saying that. I just want to like get in Nikta's face and say, stop saying that. That is a trigger for Scylla. <laughs> Oh, I know where it's coming from, but it's a trigger for Scylla. Because if you recall, when Jonas was leaving to go be his big martyr dumbass move, he told her that she used to be a wild animal and that she was getting weak. (laughs) That now she's weak. Like, Yeah, like, thank you for bringing that up. All of that. No shade to Nicta, but like people in general, I guess some shade to Nicta kind of, but like people in general need to stop saying that to Scylla because like she's not weak. She's like 
the strongest character on this fucking show. And, like, again, this is just, again, people disrespecting Scylla, personally. And it's really annoying, because it's coming from, like, everybody. And it's, like... Mm-hmm. It's so fucking annoying. I understand what Nicta's trying to say, but, like, yeah, those are not the right words. And, like, why must we keep disrespecting, like, Scylla? Everyone's doing it. It's so annoying. And she doesn't deserve it. It's very frustrating. The, it's like Nikta is saying everything that she possibly can to make Scylla not listen to her. I know. It, I know. Because I know. Proceed I know. further into her spiral of insanity, because that's what right. I'm calling it. Yeah. So, totally. Her retort to that is. Rael is what kept me alive, which is true. I mean, like, I really don't right. know if Scylla would be alive if she hadn't fallen in love with Rael, et cetera, right. et cetera, go on and on. And then that's when Nicta says the only line that, like, freaking could maybe have gotten through to her, right. and she wouldn't want you throwing your life away. That made more sense, but at that point, Scylla's not listening to Nicta because of everything that's happened before. She's triggered now. Exactly. They don't, they're not talking to each other in a productive way. Yes. It's so frustrating. (laughs) Right. Nick has been by herself for 30 years, basically only interacting with people where, where it furthers the mission of the spree. Correct. And not on any kind of emotional level. So she is not, I'm sorry, but she is less emotionally mature than Scylla. Correct. Just say it. No, so correct. she's obviously not going to be in a position to no. actually talk sense. However, girl, <laughs> don't project. Stop projecting. I know. Stop it's, projecting. She is projecting. But like, I get where she's coming from and what she's trying to do. The execution is bad. Yes. Right. Yes, girl, you could. I'm. At this point, it would have been more helpful if she had knocked Scylla out and dragged yes, her away. Yes, and just dragged her away. No, I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Because, like, at this point, like, Scylla's past her breaking point. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not because of Nicta. Like, Scylla's been, like, building up to this, but, like, Nicta pushes her over the edge. And then it's, like, too late for any kind mm-hmm. of, like, logic at all. And then Nicta gets mad. And it just, it just, devo- it's, like... They set them up to just fight each other. And it was like, we yes, didn't need it, to do this. It's very annoying. We didn't need to. It just devolves into to. stupidity. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. And, like, the situation is dumb, too, because, like, if you think about it, like, because I think Scylla's past reason. She's just so, she's just worried and devolving into madness, like you said, and just can't with logic. And so her doing the death cap now is, like, the equivalent of her, like, burning her face when the cops are still in the room. Because, like, that's why Nick is like, they're right there. Like, (laughs) we have to leave. Exactly. because Scylla's not cooperating and listening and they haven't been the whole time. Like her words are just poorly choiced and it just doesn't work. It's just so annoying. Scylla's not even listening to her. No, she's past it. She's past it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's right. It's yeah, it's very frustrating. So Scylla tells her, if you want to go, then go. So she gives Nick to the like, if you like, F off. Like, you can go. Like, I'm not, like, holding you here. You don't have, you're not responsible for me. Leave. <clears throat> but, unfortunately, 
she pushes Nikta. <laughs> uh-huh. Which was the thing mm-hmm. that triggers Nikta. <laughs> right. They trigger each other. Exactly. That's it's what I, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, Scylla, baby girl. Because, like, okay, normally, regular Nikta, the shoving aside, telling her, hey, you could just fucking leave. Like, you don't have to wait for me. Nikta would have left and been like, okay, bye. Because I'm in this for me. She was telling Tally the last episode, I don't do drama and relationship squabbling and all this weird stuff. She would have just fucked off and left. But now we have a triggered Nikta and a triggered Scylla and they're similar. So what the fuck happens? Petty bullshit happens. It results in a fist fight. <sighs> so... <laughs> I'm so mad we were wrong about this prediction when we did the trailer and we're like, they're not fighting each other because that would be stupid. And it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, it's a big old two women who have a lot of trauma in their past have triggered each other to the point where they have no sense. Right. <laughs> no so one has like, a brain cell. I'm so close and runs back to do the death cap seed. But Nikta, like, vaporizes her crow body. Yeah. She's like, we're done with words. Exactly. And that's when Scylla's double double and triple triggered. (laughs) Seriously. Like... Nikta should have just knocked her out then. (laughs) And just taken the bird and Scylla and leave. About to, like, bend over this thing and start doing this thing. Just knock her out, Nikta. Just knock her out. Then there's no talking anymore. The problem is you're both still fucking talking. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So Scylla loses her shit. Yep. <laughs> and rounds on Nikta. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> who says, I'm trying to help you. Also the wrong thing to say. Because <laughs> it's like, she is, but she isn't. Like They're yeah. both right and they're both wrong in this whole scene. And it's just like, guys. everyone's wrong and everyone's Everyone's right right. nothing is good no exactly exactly and my next note i was like so willis willa (laughs) is willa watching from the death (laughs) cap she's like i can kind of see what's going on right also bucky should show up You're sleeping. You don't need to see this. Well, I'm watching this. Like, what the fuck? The fuck? I trained you better Um, than that, Scylla. Oh my god, that'd be so fucking funny. Okay, Willa's spying on them. (laughs) Willa's spying on them from the mycelium and just like, no, go back to sleep, Braille. You don't need to see this. (laughs) I need to see this. It's no winner. Actually, I think Braille would want to see it, but... But the mycelium Willa wouldn't let her. Yeah, exactly. So Scylla wins strikes Nikta. Yep. And who gets up and says, you sure you want to do this? And Scylla's like, bring it. I'm like, joy. Because <sighs> they're so my, stupid. <laughs> my next note sums this entire scene up. Thank you. A sexy but dumb fight ensues. <laughs> Yes. That is what happens. That is exactly what happens. Shout out to all the stunt people involved with this. You guys did great. Yes. It was awesome. This was dumb as fuck. It was. But also hot. So, here yes. we are. Hot but dumb. Hot but dumb. Um, in the middle of the fight, Scylla, Scylla yells, I could have reached her. <sighs> Somebody needs... 
to just cry. Somebody needs to cry. And her, yes. her name is Scylla. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's denial speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they have this little fight. It's super hot. I'm counting the blows that are landed. And I want to point out that Scylla landed more blows than Nicta did. Just saying. Before they get before they can actually figure out who's gonna win this thing, the marshal shows up and captures them. Because plot reasons. Because plot reasons. And what he says to them is, I enjoy that last bit. It's been decades since anyone's pulled one over on me. So who outsmarts the marshals? Who did it? Scylla. Scylla. Yeah, Scylla's like, hey, let's use the crows. But you could have left. Right? Like, the first person to fool them in, like, a long period of time was... These two, Scylla which is Big why Scylla Bigwitch Energy Ransom, which is why it's so dumb they got captured because they could have. Yeah, it off. is. Whatever. He also says, "Did <sighs> I interrupt something?" And it's like, "Bitch, yes, <laughs> bitch, bitch, yes." Willa is yelling into mycelium, like, "Get out!" <laughs> <laughs> we also need to. I also need to know who who would win the fight. So I need you to leave, Marshall guy. But I love that Nicta says, yeah, you kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> She's all of us. She's like, yeah, bitch. Like, we were fighting. Let us fight. Get out. Get out. Surrounds us later. If there has to be a dumb fight, finish it. So we right. know who Thank wins. You. Thank you. If we're going to do this, let's commit and do this. Who won the fight? Mm. No one. We all lost. The Marshals won. So thanks, yeah, Ellie. Everybody loses. Everybody lost. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I demand a recount. Yeah, redo. <laughs> fucking hanging Chad in this bitch. Maybe the next episode the marshals are fucking with them and they're like, let's go back to that fight. <laughs> like play that. Yeah, out. like you do. Yeah, Here's like poking them. Finish it. <laughs> yeah. finish it. Push him in the middle of the circle. And then Nikto would try to attack them and then they'd arrest her. Mm -hmm. It would not work out. This was the time and we missed our opportunity. Yes, we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> sadness sadness and now basically those two have been captured by the marshals so who's left we'll find out in the next scene so we pick back up at the creepy van or the <laughs> rv whatever that is <laughs> mobile home trailer i don't know what it was italian alders i think it it was a camper? Okay. I didn't get a... I couldn't remember what it looked like, but it was something where there's a room and it was probably mobile. Silver camper is what it, I have in my head. Okay, good. We'll go with that. So, back at the creepy vamper, uh, camper. Tally and Alder are still looking for the first song because there's like a fuckload of work. So, they're just wading through all of it trying to figure out what the fuck's happening. And while this is happening, Tally drops that oh the Camry are also looking for this first song by the way and all they're just just like well fuck um so we're more fucked than I thought and we better figure this all out like yesterday because we're fucked and at that moment of just like we have no time Tally of course finds the first song and it's like in this tube of hand sanitizer I don't know what it is do you know what it is it's like no. a tube. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't it's figure dark. it out either. Yeah, I don't know. If somebody else has a better shot of it, correct us. But like, whatever it was, it was some kind of inconspicuous 
modern item, like a tube of like some kind of product, like hand sanitizer or something for your hair. I don't know. So something small that could fit in your pocket. And it just looks like an everyday item is basically what it is. And this is the vessel for like this like coveted song from the beginning of language. Cool. So while Tally is like, ooh, I found it, Alder's like collapsing against the wall because like the mycelium's getting really fucking tired because it was spying on Nick Densilla and now it's like, God damn it. <laughs> I can't keep Alder alive. <laughs> you gotta come back, girl. And of course, Tally notices that like her ex is dying. So she's like, are you okay? <laughs> and then there's a <laughs> moment of gay staring, go back and watch. And Alder doesn't answer. She's just like, thank you. Because you found the first song, basically. And before Tally can figure this out, she hears Abigail screaming her name from outside of the trailer. And so she runs outside to figure out why, what the fuck's happening and leaves Alder back in the van or the RV, whatever it was, camper van. And outside, the rest of the fugitives, Adil, Kalita, and Abigail are being arrested by the marshal. So now like everybody but Tally has been captured. So Tally sees this, panics, not in a gay way, just normally panics, and, like, goes back in the van to ask Alder what the fuck she she should do, because, like, she's like, you're the adult, tell me. But Alder's gone, because the mycelium was tired, and it's like, you need to come back right now. (laughs) I can't keep you out here. But Tally doesn't know that, and it's just like, fuck, I'm on my own. So this is a big moment for Tally, because Tally has kind of been struggling with, like, what do I do when I'm in these situations? Like, and normally, like, a big situation. And normally she, like, asks somebody and they tell her what to do. Like, her unit or Alder or Anacostia. But now she has no one and has to decide in, like, three seconds what to do. So she kind of, like, is like, okay, I guess I'm the keeper of whatever this song is. The Camarilla wants it. Alder wanted it. It must be important. I have to be the steward. And so she basically takes the tube of whatever that has the song, puts it in her pocket, and very calmly just goes out there, puts her hands up, and is like, okay. I'm not going to fight you. Just arrest me. You don't know what I have. I'm not going to fight you. And so now at this point, every single fugitive except Rael, because she's in the mycelium, has officially been captured by the marshals for plot reasons. I feel like we should like trumpet a song or something at this point. (laughs) Or whistle, because that's what the marshals would do. Yeah. You've done it now. (laughs) You've done it now. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so tired now. <laughs> I know. So this fun. episode makes me tired. <laughs> it's a lot of running and fighting and getting captured and dumb shit and stuff where you're like, what is happening? And then the stuff Alice in Wonderland that takes yeah. it out of you. The only stuff that's like pretty cohesive and not weird is like the stuff with President Wade. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And you're like, okay. it is. Everything else is like, what? Alder in Wonderland. Right. Especially that stuff. (laughs) Speaking of, speaking of Wade, Mm -hmm. let's go back to the White House where Wade is practicing her speech. And we see Sterling come through and tell one of his Secret Service guys at the door that no one should enter that room but him. Then they walk through the Nada Oval Office to the other sliding door and Sterling posts him outside of that one. They close it and, you know, they have their little talk 
you know, like it's only a short amount of time before the Camarilla are going to make their move. Um, so Sterling leaves M there, goes downstairs to where Anacostia is in this room that has like all these security monitors that look like they're from the nineties because of course this is motherland. <laughs> that tracks. It tracks. Um, it's also a weird looking place to have a security. So I guess they just yeah. commandeered this area to use for this. Yeah. Is what it seems what like. like. Yeah. So Anacostia is nervous. Like you can see her nervous and that makes me nervous mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's Anacostia. It's Anacostia. So <laughs> she's like, I never liked this part waiting for the enemy to go first. And I'm like, me too, girl, because that's anxiety. Yes. And she makes sure to tell Sterling to stay close. So she's gotta, gotta make sure her man is, is good. Which is cute. And then he replies with, I always am, boss. There's they're a good couple. I like they it. Are. I they ship have a good it. Dynamic. Yeah. They do. I like it. So he leaves the room for I guess to go check on all the security stuffs. And she turns away. And then we leave this scene and go to the bartender from the Wonderland bar. Yeah. <laughs> Elaine's buddy. <laughs> grifter buddy. Elaine's grifter buddy comes out to her trailer to see where the fuck she is because she was due on stage. And he finds that her camper trailer has been ransacked and she's been murdered. Her vocal vocal cords have been taken. The Camry has been here, ladies and gentlemen. They sure have. Yeah. Yeah. But he I doesn't like know it. that. He's just like, nah, he the fuck is this? Fuck out as a normal person <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has a normal reaction to this. Yep, he's Audi yep. 5000. He's out of there. I don't blame you. No, that's don't horrible. So yeah, Camarillo is super close to the fugitives, guys. That's disturbing. Very. Yeah. They, you know, you, it kind of makes you glad the marshals got them. Got them. <laughs> They were hanging out with that bar for way too long, so yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, they were. They were. In the open. Yeah. They're not smart. In their faces. So, good on you, Marshalls. You probably just saved their lives by using justice against them. hmm Yeah, good point. Uh, my only note for this whole exchange, mostly about the White House scene, is the MILFs are hot. So, including M ILFs. So, good for you guys. M M elfs. The M elfs are hot. Elfs. Yes. They're all hot. Including you, Wade, you get thrown in that bucket. I love her blue suit. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Alrighty. So after the murder of Elaine, we go back to the fugitives and catch up with them now that they've all been. That should have been the title of the episode. (laughs) It should have been. Except it would have given it away. I know. (laughs) So it's okay it's we're in the woods uh it's very blue scene so it's something big's gonna happen with Scylla real soon um and head marshal is leading Scylla and Nicta who's tied up to the big creepy mansion we saw in the trailer and this is where they're going to be held captive so we were kind of right about this and as 
they're walking. Nicta is being Nicta and sassing off to the marshal, which is fun. And she's like, I'd love to learn your whistling one day. <laughs> she's an asshole. And I love her. And Scylla the whole time as Nicta's being Nicta is just like completely out of it. Because like at this point, she's like one word away from having her meltdown that she's needed to have for like over a day but like she's like there like a breeze would push her over at this point so she's just out of it and the marshal just starts bantering with nicta and calls her out for like being a terrible leader and compares her to her his dog who knows how to whistle which is rude and i hate it here yeah and i miss arlen ellie why'd you do this to me but sure that happened. I was like damn yeah it was like mean. aggressive yeah it was super mean so after he, he yeah, go, go, go. Just going to say, and it's just like, it just takes me back to, it triggers me about every time someone, like, don't compare a woman, don't compare a woman to an animal like that. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I know that's not where he was coming from with that, but it still feels yep misogyny laden bullshit. Yep. It's triggering from our lives, not necessarily what he is saying to her. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Also, like, can his dog do work was also where my brain went. I'm like, can a dog do the work? That's also impressive. (laughs) Not a bird, a dog. Just questions for session people, (laughs) if anyone knows. So, anyway, they uh, all go in the house. And now all the fugitives minus Rail are reunited. And they try to, like, explain, like, hey, we weren't doing this on purpose, please hear us out. And he's like, listen, I don't want to hear your bullshit because you did bring trouble to the session. That's why I was sent after you. Um, and like, good luck. Um, you're trapped here now. The session leaders will figure out what to do with you. Bye. And he like fucks off and leaves. Cause like his job is just to capture them. He captured them. They're in this house that's properly warded so they can't leave. And he's like, have fun now. I'm done. <laughs> Thanks for the trick. See you later with those Mike drops is what he does. He <laughs> session witch Mike drops on the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Like he does. And it's like, <laughs> bye and swaggers away, which is pretty fun. Nikta doesn't think it's fun. Nikta is beyond triggered at this point. Is like, fuck mm-hmm. this. I'm not staying here. I'm going to break the fuck out of here. And like tries to storm away. And everyone else is like, Nikta, you can't leave. Like, it's it's warded. The Tareem people tried. They can't even blast holes in the earth. Like, we're fucked. We're, all, we're just trapped here. Accept it. So Nikta gets mad and starts, like, th- expressing her feelings to Scylla and, like, essentially just, like, blaming her and saying, like, we could have gotten away. You fucked it up. Now we've gotten captured. And, like... This is when Scylla starts, like, actually losing. Because this is the breeze that pushes her. I don't think she's listening to Nikta. I think she's, like, yelling's happening. And, like, she starts teetering into breakdown mode. And finally, they all stop moving. So I think she's in her head and is like, wow, I failed. And so it's more like she's catching up with her thoughts. And Nikta's just, like, yelling. And it's, like, making it worse. And Tally, of course, notices because it's Tally and someone's about to start bawling and Tally notices and is like, are you okay? What's happening? And that's when like the dam breaks for Scylla and she basically says more to herself probably than anybody else that she could, I couldn't reach Rael. Like I failed. Because I think that's part of what was really driving her is that she's like, I'll just check in and she couldn't. Like it was a 
big struggle to even like start the death cap seed. So I think she's now, she's been telling herself over and over again, like the mycelium's protecting rail. It's fine. The mycelium's got her. The mycelium's done this before, but now it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. Cause the mycelium does not seem okay. So she's legitimately freaking out. Cause now she really is in the dark about what's happening where she was like convincing herself would be fine. And now she can't really convince herself of that super easily anymore. So it's like, wow, this shit just got real. I don't know what's going on. And she failed, she feels like she failed herself, failed rail, and then the unit. And then after that, she starts apologizing to them, like on repeat, like a broken record. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I couldn't get her. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And just like collapses into Tally and um, uh, Abigail's arms. Like, yeah, (laughs) I forgot who was there. Tally and Abigail's arms. And just like they catch her, which is symbolic because they've been treating her like crap up until now, mostly Abigail. And here they are, like, supporting her when she's uh, having an emotional breakdown. So hopefully this is a turning point with, like, respecting Scylla fucking finally. Um, And Scylla just, like, breaks down literally in their arms. And it's just... It hurts. But they hug her back and they, like, support her, which is what she fucking needs. So thank you, finally. Abigail's face was like she was shocked. I mean, yeah, she's, like, she's never seen Scylla. really bad if Scylla's yes. breaking down. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Because like they're asking, because the first thing, one of the first things, like, when they actually focus on Scylla is, like, so did you get to Rael? And that's when she breaks. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> we really do need to be like shocked right now. We are shooketh because Solar Ramshorn is crying in our arms. This is not normal. What is going on? The world is backwards. What the fuck? The only point yeah. I give Abigail in this entire episode is when she tells Nikta to back off Ascilla. It's the only point she gets. I give her a point for actually catching Scylla <laughs> too. I, um, I see like yeah, I give her a point for that, but it was almost like she, it was almost like it just, a, just okay, she's fallen, you know, True. she's coming for me. It's like, but no, there. she really does look like just like, oh, fuck, we're well, really yeah. fucked. Because <laughs> she's built Scylla up as this like fake emotionless mm-hmm. person. And here she is having a full on breakdown in front of them. And she's has to confront the fact that Scylla is a human who really does love Rael, who's losing her shit right now. And also, like, the whole time, I guess Scylla's almost had to kind of play, Nick to a certain extent, too, is, like, we've been through this, we know what we're doing, like, to support everybody. Because the whole time Abigail's been like, I don't have the army, I don't know what to do with myself. And, like, cool, Abigail. But also, like, Scylla has this real legitimate problem happening that you don't have, and like was carrying the weight of this this whole time and then finally can't do it anymore. So it's like the sh- their strongest member just broke down and it's that's scary when that happens. You're like, "Well, fuck, you were holding the bu- the ship together. Like, what the fuck? You're crying?" Like it's that's huge. That's that is the biggest red flag ever is to have that character like break down. It's kind of like revisiting seeing her mom break down in a very Yes. In a different but also Correct. similarly disconcerting way. Yeah. Because now, um, oh, fuck, the person that saves us every time something happens that is falling apart. 
That number one. And, and then number two, <laughs> Rael's the other thing. They're like, well, fuck. Exactly. Like, that's, yeah, Rael. so two things. Yeah. Oh, uh, she doesn't yeah. know. If she has, wasn't able to get to Rael, what the fuck's going to happen? Because basically, Silva's bearing the responsibility of yep. what was going on with Rael. So they didn't have to worry about it. Right. As much. That was the well, I'm especially sorry. Abigail. I'm sorry. Exactly. So, especially Abigail. Tally had been worried about Raelle. Like, she keeps asking. But mm-hmm. Abigail's just like... In Abigail land. In Abigail land. She's like, where's then, Kalita? F- yeah. So, finally, when when it's right in her goddamn face and she can't ignore it... Yes. Yeah. She has go. to face reality. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Still, I can't get to Raelle. Then... We're fucked. Rael's fucked. Not in the way that Scylla would prefer. Correct. (laughs) This is the bad place, guys. Yes, this is the bad place. The bad place. So, uh, thank you, Amalia, for breaking everyone. That was super cool of you. (laughs) Yep. Ellie did this on purpose. You're like, you know who would make us all cry? We're going to give Amalia a really traumatic scene where she sobs to make everyone sad. Yeah, not only is she going to sob, she's going to, like, collapse. Yeah, like, like literally so devastated she can't stand. Beautiful performance. But a beautiful you. performance. Her entire body just gives out. Correct. Like, yeah. It's like, uh. <sighs> I mean, for Scylla, too, that was what was keeping her going, was like, oh, Rail's okay, Rail's okay, now Rail may not be okay, and Scylla's like, well, fuck, and, like, literally falls apart. So it'd be, it'd be the equivalent of, like, her getting Rail back for the short period of time and then just losing everything, the only thing that she's alive for. <laughs> you know what this sounds like? It sounds <sighs> like Elliot's torturing Scylla. Because we don't have Rael on screen. Still is the new Rael. Yes, this would 1000% be a plot line for Rael. Because where have we seen this before? My mom's oh my been god, dead. Oh my god, my mom's back. Oh my god, she's dead again. All in the span of like 30 minutes. She's the new Rael. She. Why must you torture our faves like this? Why? <sighs> I'm afraid. Uh-huh. Fr- fr- <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you should be afraid, guys. Very afraid. Support afraid your fellow switches. Be afraid for <laughs> hug each other. Hydrate yourselves. <laughs> Check in. This is not going to be good. I'm thinking, thinking we're going to need to hydrate for the necro for a while. <laughs> hydrate. Hug, hug, hug a straight. Hug somebody for Scylla. How about that? Because she needs emotional support. We do. It could be a pet, yeah. whatever. Hug something for Scylla. Oh, boy. Yes. I'm not going to get that image of her crying out of my head for a long time. Never. No. Because the last, like, you don't see Scylla cry. Like that? Like, no. No. I mean, the the one episode, like, the one time you see her cry is when she's, like, in the dungeon and oh, um, oh, Rael yeah. shows up. Right. But it's that like visceral, like mm-hmm. desperate cry. This was a her losing hope. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah, it's scary. It's scarier than like that anger, losing passionate. hope, losing her mind. Yes, losing everything. Everything. Correct. Yeah, this was despair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
I guess we'll go back to the White House. I guess. What's going on there? M tries to check in with Sterling, but there's no answer. To which M <laughs> gets worried, obviously, as we all are now. Mm-hmm. Sterling still won't answer, and so M tries to get in contact with Anacostia, who doesn't answer either. So M goes off to check the surveillance room, and there's nobody in there, but there's some kind of trail on the ground that leads to a closet. Of blood, yeah. Yeah, there's a trail. Like, I couldn't, for some reason, like, my brain was not processing that it was blood. It looked brown to me instead of, like, reddish. Old blood. Yeah, I guess, whatever. Anyway, M finds the surveillance guard that was there earlier dead with their throat slit and then runs out of the room, runs into the room with the president. The agents are there, but there's no camera crew to capture the whole address to the nation that the president is supposed to be doing. Like, wouldn't someone question this? I don't know. Anyway... M says, it's the camera crew, and sends the agents to find said camera crew. Outside, we have a camera crew and a reporter. <laughs> we sure do. Fox News is back, guys. How Fox News is back. We go live is the only thing we get before an explosion happens, and there are mushrooms everywhere. But these are not the mushrooms that we're used to seeing they're red. Yes, they so, are. So, this entire explosion was red. The mushrooms that are there as a result are red. And then yes. we pan up through all of the rubble to Wade's body with the blood dripping down out of her mouth and her eyes are open and looking into nothingness like she is dead. End of episode. Okay. Mushrooms. So, mushrooms are red. Camarilla's color is red. Yep. Is this the Camarilla's manufactured witch bomb? Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, fuck them for figuring that out so quickly, first mm -hmm. of all. Uh, this episode made me forever I will be wary of camera crews. Because mm -hmm. how many times have they fucked shit up in the show? <laughs> like constantly. No, it's always the camera, camera crew. crew I'm running. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Never. I'd be like, bye. Okay, no. And just look for mushrooms everywhere. Yeah. So the camera crews are evil uh, in this world. Fair enough. Uh, Wade. Okay. So dead or alive? Because. We still have scenes from the trailer that haven't happened yet where Wade's in them. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a fake death. I think she's alive. Okay. Fake death. I'll go with you there. Because we have evidence she's alive later. <laughs> so, like, they really... That trailer they gave us for this season was a hot mess. It, it was. Just, it ruins a lot of things and a lot of mystery. Bigger question. What about M? Emma's alive. I, I think so. Emma's the one that finds her and gets her, gets her out, out of there. And like fixes and her. And then fixes her. Yeah. And 
then that means that they have to do it Petra's way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. The irony in all of this are like, see, wait, this is what happens when we do things your way. <laughs> we need to do them Petra's way now. She's like in the ICU, like, okay. <laughs> and that's, so Petra's like, all right, <laughs> we're going to fake your death. <laughs> yeah. I'm in charge now. <laughs> Because we need to smoke them out, Wade. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. I agree. Petra takes (laughs) this as her opportunity (laughs) just to say, okay, we're going to get these assholes to show their hand and show us who they are, actually. Mm -hmm. They're going to think they won, but really, we're secretly working against them. That's my theory, that Petra is going to be the one in the end that has this grand plan. Yeah. No, totally. I agree with all of that. And I would love it if there's a big, oh, the president really is alive reveal. And then they're like, well, fuck, now what? And also, I would love it at the same time if Isadora can figure out how to keep Penelope corporeal and they'd be like, look, your daughter's here too. Now you got nothing. Yeah. Let them go. Let the fugitives go. She's alive. Now you got exactly. nothing. You're going to charge the unit for what? She's alive. Mm-hmm. You fucked. You fucked up. Yeah, then their whole plan just, like, crumbles. Crumbles. House of Cards. And then they sing the first song, and that heals the world, apparently. And then it's over. Yeah. That's Revolution Part 2. You heard it here Real first, comes folks. back from the mycelium. Does her super Alder gets some more nachos. <laughs> Listen, Alder, you need to try other cuisines while you still have the time. I'm just saying, if you have a limited time, sample from around the globe, girl. Just, like... I'd be eating everywhere. I'd be like, this year, does these goats make cheese? When she's talking to that guy, like, do you have any goat milk, goat cheese? Can we talk over food? (laughs) I totally feel that vibe. But I also ship Alder and nachos. I mean, I love that that's what she was ordering at the bar. It was amazing. But like, girl, eat everything. (sighs) Okay. So recap. Yes. Here we go. Go. The marshals have the fugitives cornered. Scylla and Nick to break off since Scylla only had three Salva stars, while the others jump off a cliff. Literally and figuratively. Adil makes a blood compass to find Kalita. She's going north very fast, and they go to track her. Isidore and Anacostia give Wade the 411, and Kelly says she's not going to stand for all of this, and will make moves against Silver starting that night with her address. We're introduced to the representative from the Great River Council, Pauline Martin, and she and Wade negotiate so Silver doesn't get his hand in the session government. Scylla and Nicta have a fundamental disagreement about using civilians for the riot, for their ride, so, but Scylla won't budge on killing anyone, and Nicta thinks she's gone weak because of rail. Projecting, projecting, projecting. Scylla and Nicta get caught by the marshal on the bus, but escape and keep running. They find an abandoned barn where they stop to rest against Nicta's protest because Scylla wants to try and contact Rael. The marshals catch up to them again and they and she, Nicta and Scylla use the crows to mislead the marshals. The dumb fight happens. Scylla's so focused on getting to Rael that she's blinded. They're captured and taken off by the marshals. 
Abigail pushes Tally to use her enhanced sight to find Kalita because the deal's about to lose it. Tally sees Kalita, and they go to the Two Rivers Roadhouse to find her. Turns out Kalita was with Alder the whole time. And everyone has drinks and dances because and Elaine nachos. has a super special seed to sing. Uh, Kalita and Alder were both stewards of the first song. Alder and Tally go to confront Elaine, and that doesn't go well. <laughs> they find the piece of the first song that Elaine stole, and Alder explains that if they put the pieces together, it'll heal the world and end the war. Sounds fake. Before they can leave, the marshals have gotten there and captured everyone. Alder disappears. Car is even creepier than Albie and is in charge, apparently. <laughs> I love that recap. Yeah. <laughs> Albie is getting a vocal cord transplant. <laughs> Voluntarily, mind you. Voluntarily. Wade tries to give her speech, but that's when the Camarilla make their move. The White House is blown up and red mushrooms are everywhere. What the fuck? Is Kelly Wade dead? Is him alive? What about Sterling? Anacostia? What the fuck? Who's alive? Who's dead? What's going on? And I'm just tired. Yeah. That's episode three. Can I confess something? Yeah. I kind of want to live in the creepy mansion. I mean, it does look I like cool. it. it I don't cool. know. I just really like it. It gives me like British murder mystery vibes. It does, doesn't it? It does. It does. Like the decor is like <sighs> fancy, but creepy. Mm hmm. I mean, as long as they like bring us food, like, I yeah, stay for there, real. <laughs> Me sure. too. As long as there's food. <clears throat> I mean, the, the, we see in a preview the room still staying and it looks nice. Right? They're roomy rooms. They got nice living mm -hmm. areas. Nick, that could be worse. Girl, you were just sleeping in a barn. Live yeah, up. like on a moldy mattress. Yeah, you were in a jail cell before. <laughs> like, come on, girl. You be all right. Dally's there. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be cool. Um So, I'm giving my award This is really hard. It's really hard because everyone was dumb. I know. Yes. <laughs> I know. Everyone was fucking stupid. In this. I feel like I said that last episode too. Everybody was dumb. Nobody had the brain cell for like a significant portion of the time to have Bigwish energy. It was hard. Oh, it's really hard. It's really hard. Okay. I, and it's like the only person I can give it to is Tally. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's the only one. I was also thinking like M for like I thought about him but like Tally did more stuff honestly Tally yeah like we we got Tally him for a very very tiny amount of time Tally never fucked up Tally got no we got to see her vision like her user vision in like a fashion where it actually like yeah. she, looked she controlled it and it she controlled it and looked at a specific thing yes exactly so. she directed it Versus just being like, what and, the fuck did I just see about Nicta's face? That was weird. And exactly. Yeah. And she was smart enough to just surrender to the marshals when they showed up. Yep. I had that. She had the brain cell. She didn't fight the marshals. Mm -hmm. 
she did find the first song too, so she used her powers mm-hmm. to find it and then knew to mm-hmm. conceal it. And also, like exactly. her, her dance moves, she gets it for that. Yeah, too. damn, she, she gets it for that too. Oh, oh that, holy crap! Look at her twirling. I love it. Yeah, Tally let loose for a little bit. So Tally she, had the I mean, most big witch energy in this. She episode. did. Em's the runner-up for me, but like Tally mm-hmm. had the most. I also just really love that she's out there dancing in that horse cardigan. I yeah, I was gonna comment on that. <laughs> well, that she's like sexy dancing with that horse vest. It's so tally. Like everything about that is so tally. I love it. So I good. love it. I love it so much. So yeah, tally craven, everybody. Um, the Laura Neal Award, Kara. 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 Does or- anyone else come close? Ellie. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, Cara and Ellie. Ellie, you get it for writing this nonsense <laughs> that I had to watch. <laughs> I love this show, but what the fuck, Ellie? You wrote Cara. You know what? Yes, Ellie gets it for writing Cara and everything else that happened in this episode. Cara's the runner up. Because I had to suffer through Albie. <laughs> yeah, I had to suffer through you being his mom slash daughter slash caregiver. And I can't with that. Weirdness, lover weirdness. Yes, that vibe in that scene was enough to give it to you. Because why? <laughs> why did you put that on paper and then make those actors do that and then make us watch it? <laughs> so yeah, Ellie Ellison gets the one. That was not consensual for me. <laughs> no, I did not consent to watch that. And good lord, I had to watch it multiple times to write these notes. <laughs> Exactly. So you're paying our therapy, Ellie. What the hell? Therapy bill's coming to you. Good lord. <clears throat> so for the next episode, next episode, we have Wade has been assassinated in the trailer. I mean, they go through the whole shebang. There's a military <laughs> funeral. Silver's being sworn in. Rose. It's a bigoted the cam- speech immediately. Come on, guys. Yep. Did Ellie write the next episode too? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they make the whole explosion look like a witch bomb. Ugh. They sure did. Silver, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Silver brings in civilian oversight over the army. So mm-hmm. great. Can't that blows that. chunks. Yep. I mean, we knew that Petra- was going to happen. We know it's going to happen, but Petra's like, oh, shit, get the fuck out. But also, what the fuck is basically what I got from that. Yeah. Um, They captured Sterling and Anacostia, and they have them in a glass containment cage. And who should show up also in the glass containment cage at some point but Vera? And some, and some other dude. People dude. that I guess yes. was with, I don't know. Her but, vampire um, crew, I guess. Maybe. Vampire crew, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we see in the trailer Vera wind striking Anacostia and the crowd going wild behind them, the crowd of bigoted assholes. Yeah. So I'm figuring that they're doing like a Thunderdome witch style, you guys have to kill each other type thing. Yeah. And because they're like in the background, the Camarilla people are like drinking champagne. So it's like gladiator matches for like mm-hmm. their amusement kind of thing. Yeah. Albie's in his element. Yep. He sure is. The whole thing where it goes up to the glass when 
Right, they're provoking them. Like, yep. Um, so Scylla's trying to contact Rael again, but in a circle with blood on her hands? <clears throat> That's what it looked like was on yeah, her hands? It looked like that to me, too. She's not holding something. It just no. looks like something on her hands. I've heard people say blood and then dirt, but dirt doesn't look right because, like, Mm-mm. it wouldn't look like that on your hands. Yeah, it looks liquidy like, like, or dr- yeah, like dried blood. Correct. It looks like dried blood. Maybe they <laughs> had to kill something to summon the death cap Maybe. again. I don't know. I don't know why. Nothing else on her is bloodied or dirty or anything it's just her palms are both hands it looks ceremonial it looks ceremonial what we're saying correct i agree um and you only see the people in the circle really from above and Mm -hmm. it kind of looks like the marshal because i i mean i see a cowboy hat oh did you maybe yeah i saw a cowboy hat okay i saw eight there's eight people I think is what I saw. One of them, Scylla. I think one's mm-hmm. definitely Abigail, Tally, Adil, yep. Kalita, M, Nicta. I think the other one's Petra in the white coat. Is it? Because when we see them in later on, there's or there's clips of like Petra and M in that session out. Petra had like a white coat on. I think it's Petra. Did she have a beanie on at some point? Yes. Because maybe it's the beanie I'm yeah, seeing she from has above. The, she has the beanie on. Yeah, I think it's okay. Petra. I think I'm um, seeing the beanie from above and it's reading it looks cowboy like a hat. hat to me. Because I've yeah. been used to looking at the marshals. Totally. But yeah, I think that's what that is. And so I'm wondering if like that dirt mound, I'm wondering if Scylla sacrifices something, they bury it, and they're trying to like do some necromagic. Maybe. Sounds about right. Yeah. But Rail gets him back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Tally wants to see further than ever into the future, and she sees Rael being taken down by some reddish pink light that's emanating from her chest. abdomen, chest region. Uh, and they're in army uniforms in this vision. Mm-hmm. So, WTF. Yeah, and like the place, so this is that, we got like a flash of this in the trailer. And so like the place rails in, it looks like this cave with like black Mm -hmm. tentacles and there's purple light too so i'm wondering if this is like somewhere deep in the earth where like the witch plague is now infecting the mycelium Mm -hmm. because i think what albin's really trying to do is like weaken the mycelium enough and then infect it with the witch plague and then harness Mm -hmm. that for his own bastardized version of witch magic yeah so i'm wondering if rails sent down there to like witch bomb the um witch plague but it's like not working super well because the witch plague is there and hence like that weird light that emanates out of her that's purple matches the room and then she kind of collapses so Maybe it just doesn't go like the mother plans, perhaps. Maybe not. Maybe. Um, we also get a sneak peek of Scylla trying to use a dead mouse in her room with the death, death cap seed. And we see her inhale the spore mist mm-hmm. that comes from the death cap that she ran her finger through in season one and tasted for some reason. But um, <laughs> Right, in the scene. 
Um, and then she opens her eyes and looks like she's high for a hot second. <laughs> it's a necro thing, I guess. It's a necro thing. And then footsteps approach and she says, Rail? I don't think it's Rail. No. <laughs> I think it's the Marshall or something. Yeah, I think it's the opposite of Rail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Marshall. It's like hearing her doing that work again. Yeah, can you quiet down in there? Yeah, it seems like that scene where we see them all falling down in the right Marshall the fun schools. house. Yeah, the fun house um, scene. But yeah. also, I'd like to point out that in this sneak peek, Scylla has taken her jacket and hoodie off and is sleeveless, and I'm here for it. Soak those images in. There's nothing better than Scylla in nothing but a waistcoat and a little t-shirt. With her little cuff jeans and her always, socks. Always the cuff I'm here jeans. for it. Uh, and all yes. those freckles. So, so many freckles. Um, other thing I just wanted to add to your uh, argument that it's... Rail is not there. There's another <laughs> voiceover in the sneak peek or the pr- preview where she's very desperately... She, meaning Scylla, is very desperately saying, Rail, show me you're out there. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think she's still going to struggle for the majority of the episode with, like, contacting Rael. Like, maybe the death cap works, but it's just, like, sh- she's not getting a response from Rael. Like, the mycelium's like, mm-hmm. what? Leave me alone. But it's not what she wants. Because, like, remember, Mama Collar's still like, Rael, you can't have your phone yet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So, the mother doesn't want them to talk yet, is what I'm saying, I think is happening. But I think yeah. Rael's going to fight the mother. Because I think we're going to get the mushroom R on that dirt mound. She's going to have to. Scylla needs a a sign. Correct. Yeah, she needs a sign. (laughs) And what's a better sign than like an R and glowing mushrooms? I mean, hey. Help a necro out. Make an R. Make an R. And the... (laughs) <laughs> she's Caitlin is losing it over here with hit me baby one more time. <laughs> oh, Caitlin's been losing it. It's way past her bedtime. <laughs> Caitlin needs sleep. We will wrap this up really soon, Caitlin, I promise. Last thing I want to talk about is the after the storm because there's some interesting like future stuff in the after the storm. So I guess what they're doing this season is they're just like giving the after storm to like one character and like letting them like talk about their or one actor letting them talk about their character say they're kind of like hard felt goodbye kind of thing so this time it was lynn kind of talking about alder and the key thing in here she talks about a lot of cool stuff and lynn's just like adorable and like says a says beautiful stuff about the fans so like please go watch it but for like Future episodes. There's clips of Lynn as Alder from, like, future episodes. So it looks like the mycelium's giving her this task to, like, find all the pieces of the first arc. She's really gonna, like, go all over the world. They have, like, a scene of her in what looks like almost like a church basement. There's, like, stained glass windows that look, like, church-themed. And someone hands her this, like, silver box with this, like, mechanical device inside of it. I'm not sure what this is. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. But she's wearing a leather jacket while it happens, and I'm here for that. Linen leather is a good thing. It is. That's pretty much all I saw. Yeah. I mean, fuck that box. But I'm sure it's important, (laughs) whatever it is. I mean, the box is great and all, but... Yeah, the whatever. Lynn was in a leather jacket. Go watch that. 
Um, so yeah, you know I, my weakness. <laughs> Women in leather jackets. I don't know if it was waistcoat or not. I couldn't see. It was just like chest up. But leather jacket Alder is coming to a episode near you, and so she. I guess part of her quest is whatever this mechanical device is. I don't know what it is. Maybe we'll learn more about it soon. I hope. Uh, there's another scene of Alder in like a library. So Alder's a nerd, guys, confirmed. And she has this like she's like reading a book and has this like look of epiphany. So I guess she needs to do research for the mother. Maybe she's figuring out what the fuck is this mechanical device. <laughs> and she's in a library. Then there's another scene of her like traversing this mountain, a snowy mountain, and Tally's with her. So Tally goes on Alder, goes with Alder for a little expedition in snowy mountains. So there's that to look forward to. And the last one was Alder blending into a market in Ethiopia because, like, the flag was in the background or there's, like, a presidential sign and an Ethiopian flag. So she's literally going all over the world. So Alder's journey is probably going to be super fun. And I hope we get to see, like, witches from, like, different parts of the world when she does this, too, because it would be super fun way to world build, you know? Please and thank you. Please and thank you. <clears throat> and... That's all I got. Episode three. Yeah. And more. So they need to stop spoiling uh, us and all this stuff. They need to stop spoiling stop us. It. And also I hate it here for this episode. Yeah. Also, Ellie, no more writing for you for Motherland for you. Please you're, stop. Please stop. Cut off. You're cut off. No more. <laughs> if you're gonna fight, if you're gonna like listen, if you are going to make Scylla fight somebody, please make it be like someone would want to see her fight Kara. exactly why must yeah kill these people don't just kill them infighting never helped anybody thank you enough with the infighting let them fight the actual enemy remember who the real enemy Mm. is ellie (laughs) she she forgot for this (laughs) episode (laughs) the real she's the villain the whole time She's the head like of the Camarilla. That's who's at the head of the Camarilla. I'm saying. They're going to be like, what? <laughs> uh, Elliot shows up and has to like fight her. <laughs> it gets real weird in later episodes, guys. You're not ready. Exactly. I'm not ready. Ooh. I've never been ready. No, I'm scared for episode four. <laughs> scared guys yeah i don't i don't want to at least at least hopefully hopefully there will be no actual dumbassness yes i'm hoping we move the plot not just like set up the plot in the next episode that'd be nice so we can see the characters like grow like all of them not just like tally yeah please and thank you please and thank you so here's hoping next week we have more happy feels and less like why feels so yeah i this episode i'm literally that one meme of the the white monkey thing going why 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 (laughs) yeah all right. Well, I'm tired, and I'm sure Caitlin's tired, and you're tired. So We're I say we call this one, and just hope the next time is is more enjoyable. Yep. I mean, so. I enjoyed myself. I just also broke with Scylla, so yeah, not so, okay. Send each other happy feels. Send us happy feels. Mm-hmm. We'll put 
funnier content out there to give you happy feels. So keep the happiness going until they crush us in episode four. (laughs) Hey, I'll just, I think everything will be better, be okay when Rail comes back. Yep. So guys, we just got to get there. We got this. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Yep, we'll see you for episode four. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Uh, Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus. <laughs>